Center 11. It's 65 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Another victim of the September 11th terrorist attacks has been identified thanks to DNA testing. Scientists have positively identified a 26-year-old securities analyst, Scott Michael Johnson of New Jersey, uh, using advanced DNA forensics. The missing persons unit has been working to identify victims in the 17 years since those attacks. Johnson's father, Thomas, is a board member at the National September 11th Memorial and Museum and called the news a painful reminder of his son's loss. House Republicans are introducing articles of impeachment against Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. Congressman Mark Meadows of North Carolina and Jim Jordan of Ohio are leading the charge. They blame him for not responding to demands for documents about the Russia investigation and the investigation into Hillary Clinton's use of a private email server. He's also accused of having a conflict of interest in the Russia investigation that should have required his recusal from overseeing it. Vacationing across the pond just got a little easier. British Airways is bringing a nonstop London flight to Pittsburgh International Airport. The airline is planning for four flights a week to Heathrow uh, Airport starting in April of next year. It'll be the first time nonstop flights to London have been available from Pittsburgh since 1999. A new Google device will let you log on to computers without using a password. Google says it will soon begin selling a security key that you just plug into your USB port to bypass the process of entering a password. The device has your password in it and a unique encryption key for your computer. Google calls it an effective solution to the pervasive problem of phishing attacks. A worker at the California DMV is accused of sleeping on the job for thousands of hours. A report from the state auditor found the employee had slept at her desk for three or more hours every day since 2014 when she was supposed to be performing routine data entry. Her bosses were apparently aware she was sleeping as they often had to wake her up. But they had no idea just how much uh, sleep she was getting. There were questions over a possible medical issue, but... Apparently she's fine. They've given her a warning that she better stay awake. I the mean, final... the, uh, the amount of sleep we could get on this job. <laughs> I could sleep right now. That's what I mean. If we just if we just dim the lights a little bit more, <laughs> everybody in this building would be asleep right now till about eight o'clock. The final season of Game of Thrones will debut earlier, not later next year. HBO's president of programming confirmed yesterday season eight of the fantasy series will air in the first half of 2019. That announcement is good news for fans. HBO said last year the final season would air sometime in 2019, but didn't say when until yesterday. Roseanne Barr during uh, doing her first televised interview since getting fired by ABC over a racist tweet. Barr will be on Sean Hannity's Fox News show tonight. Fox News says Barr will discuss her tweet comparing Obama administration aide Valerie Jarrett to an ape. The comparison prompted ABC to cancel the reboot of her show, Roseanne. The network has ordered a spinoff series called The Connors, which Roseanne will not be a part of. That is set to premiere in October. I mean, she already did the YouTube interview on her own YouTube channel when she was screaming. I thought the bitch was white mm-hmm. this past weekend. I'm not sure how she can improve on that. I, I don't know why she felt the need to. Yeah. That's a perfectly, oh, okay. She's going to give more details to guests tonight. I don't know. Maybe she'll just say it calmly this time. She'll be like, thank you for giving me this opportunity, Sean. Which I'm not sure what I what I think about that Roseanne Barr clip. Whoever is behind the camera, which I think is her son, mm-hmm. he's laughing. 
when she's free. I thought the bitch was white. God damn it. I thought the bitch was white. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think that she's mentally ill. Well, well I don't know why they would laugh at that. Because they're terrified. <laughs> Again, maybe she'll just do it calmly tonight. Thank you, Sean. Uh, I'd like to reiterate, I thought the bitch <laughs> was white. Thank you. Partly sunny, very slight chance of rain, mid-80s for the high today. It's 65 at DVE. Had an awesome conversation with Dean Del Rey. Joining us right now on the show, it's Dean Del Rey, host of Let There Be Talk. What's up, man? How are you? Hey, what's going on, man? Dude, thanks for getting up early on, on the West Coast. We appreciate it. Oh, I just stayed up all night so I wouldn't miss your call. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking around about uh, Zeppelin and Greta Van Fleet there. I know you had those guys on your podcast, Let There Be Talk, right? I did. I had them on about uh, a year ago before they were really known. I uh, interviewed them live at the Comedy Store and... Uh, you know, and then after that, I kind of told Eddie Trunk and Nikki Six about them, and they were playing them on the radio, and they, it just started to explode. You know. So, dude, you did you were you the guy? Did you push them into the spotlight? Well, I, I'm not going to say I was the guy, but I definitely told people uh, that started playing them on a bigger platform. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it, it's funny though because it's like everybody grabs on to them like oh they're bringing rock back but like there's so much that's just rude to say there's so many great bands out there right now you mm-hmm. know i think rival sons is one of the greatest bands going they yes got like five records out yes if, if they just had if they had an inkling of promo that greta van fleet had it would be uh mind-boggling yeah they are just i mean they the the thing is they 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 tapped on a little bit of the Zeppelin sound, but then quickly found their own sound and exploded into a monstrous band. Well, what do you think about that, Dean, when people fail to discover the new music that's out there right now? Because I'm one of those people who think there is like more great music being made right now than ever before, but that is the total 180 of what most people think. Most people think there's no rock out there. I just don't think it's well, being pushed to the mainstream. I, I don't think that I think that the rock crowd, uh, I would say about 80 percent of it is definitely older and they don't pursue music anymore. Mm-hmm. They've got kids and bills and jobs. And, right. And music to them is just really a time machine back to when they had no student loans and stuff like there's Def Leppard. Yeah. You know, it's just back to uh, memories. But, you know, there's so much good music right now. It's it's even it's mind boggling. I can't even keep up with it. You know, mm-hmm. I, and I'm on it every day. I just like wow, listen to this music. You know, uh-huh. yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, it's hard to actually. You, you have to kind of be a Sherpa for people and guide them to the music these days. Fortunately, like, you know, it's easier than ever with the streaming services to get people for them to have access to the new music. But actually discovering them becomes the difficult part. That's where a podcast like yours comes into play. Let there be talk for those who haven't checked it out yet. It's great. I mean, not only is Dina a well-respected comic, so you have all these awesome comics on there, but you uh, you earned your chops in the rock world. You were a singer for 25 years. 
<laughs> yeah, I was I was one of the smart ones that got out. <laughs> <laughs> well, like what kind of so to give people an idea of what kind of level you were on in terms of professional wise uh, as a singer, like you were a West Coast guy. Were you mostly playing like uh, San Francisco uh, and then down to L.A. Or, uh, or were you traveling all over the country? No, I actually signed a record deal. Uh, one of my records is on iTunes now. I did three records. Uh, record deal on Interscope. Uh, Linda Perry from Four Not Blonde oh, yeah. signed me back in the day. Yeah. Oh wow, that's pretty and, cool. Uh, yeah, did did a few records and and toured uh, uh, for years. You know, as what I would call probably, which is completely gone, but a blue collar type of musician where you had record deals but you weren't famous, but you did tours all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I toured with like Wallflowers. I opened for Kravitz, t- uh, Tom Petty. Uh, all kinds of big national acts, but you back then you could make a living touring, um, you know, by just selling CDs and merch and stuff, and and making some pretty good money. Right. But then once the illegal downloading came in, that was completely over for any of the blue collar musicians. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think like, oh, well, those guys are rich; they're not going to miss the money. And those guys don't like Metallica and stuff because uh, they make millions touring. But for a blue collar type musician, that's what the uh, the downloading wiped out. Because when I'd go up and say, "Hey, you want to buy a CD?" People would go, "Oh man, my buddy, he burned it for me. Thanks, dude, we love it." You know, yeah, like right to your face, and you're like, uh, "Yeah, you stole it." Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's, people don't see it that way, though, man. That kind of wiped it out. So yeah. I just uh, I went from playing full band and I took it as far as I could, then playing solo acoustic, and then I was just tapped out. Well, that's why you kick ass on the on the uh, goddamn comedy jams with when all the comics get together and play rock tunes. And I remember Bill Burr telling me uh, like what a badass you were. He's like, dude, he can sing Bond Scott like Bond Scott. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, if, if you YouTube it, Dean Del Rey. Bilber ACDC. I just put on a huge show in LA, and it was like uh, Nikki Six and uh, and Rudy Sarzo and Scott Ian Burr on drums. Uh, <laughs> all the all these giant rock star people, and we played the Power Age record, forty year anniversary oh, wow. of the Power Age record, top to bottom, and uh, it was it was pretty incredible. Who who uh, played? I mean, you look over and there's Nikki Six. You know, playing uh, kicked in the teeth again and stuff like that. It was amazing. So, uh, wh- who do you prefer to have on the podcast? I mean, you hang around with comics all the time, uh, and there's so many great conversations you have with uh, these super funny people. But some of the music stuff, it seems like when I hear you talking to musicians versus comedians, the passion that you have for music comes out. The well, Ben, I, Mo- I mean, I, that Ben Montench interview you have is fantastic, man. I, yeah, I, I mean, I when I started the podcast, you know, uh, like Mark Maron's one of my mentors, you know, besides Burr. Those two guys were my guys. But when I started it, you know, I was like six years ago. Now it's been six years, and now it feels like in the last year people are finally finding it. I'm like, wow. But when I started, I was like, I don't want to interview comics. I mean, Marin at the time was only interviewing comics, and he was just, he was killing the game, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, what if I interviewed uh, musicians like myself at the time uh, who, you know, and ask them if they always wanted to do comedy, 
That was my <laughs> corner on it. Because since I was a musician and then started comedy, I figured I'd interview someone and then at the end go, hey, have you ever thought about doing comedy? And that was my way into podcasting. And then, and I also knew a bunch of people um, that I could interview for the first year. And then that quickly ran out. And for the last six years, I've been, you know, no manager, no agent or anything, just hustling these guests from the street, you know? Like, if I see someone in L.A., like, oh, we do my podcast, then I get out of here, you know? Yeah. How did you get Henry Rollins? Man, that took five years, you know? Like, I went to see him uh, do a live photo show, waited in line to meet him, and then said, will you do the podcast? He was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, oh, dream guest gone. And then uh, I just, you know, I just stay on it. You know, yeah. through Twitter, being out there uh, in the mix. And eventually, the show has started to get some pretty good credibility. And people are like, yeah, I'll do that, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, early on, I got some guests that really helped, you know, like uh, Jerry Casale from Devo. That was one of my dream guests. You know, I worshipped Devo growing up. Yeah. I, I don't think a lot of people, they think that they're just a whippet band, but they're so much bigger than that, you know? The last studio record they put out was fantastic. I went and saw them on that tour. I couldn't believe how good it was. That band is so underrated because that's a typical thing of, like, you know, whippet was there, you know, it helped them, but also I think, like, it gave them all these part-time fans that just think it's just some 80s band, but they're monumental in the punk rock world, you know? Mm-hmm. And well, you had a gr- what they did, man. That's crazy. Yeah. You, you had a great conversation with Henry Rollins. I really dug that episode. But the one with Jay Blakesburg I really like, too, the photographer, because you have a, an affinity for these guys who capture the scene. But in your discussion with them uh, and talking about the dead and you talk about how you kind of have recently or at least, you know, semi-recently sort of uh, embraced the that kind of jam band scene as a live music experience. What do you make of the bands like The Dead, uh, Journey, Foreigner, that go out without the original members and continue to put on these shows and continue the legacy of the bands, but it's not the original product? Well, I mean, it's a, it's a tough game. With, the, with Foreigner, I, I got no love for Foreigner, and I'm just being honest, because at, at many times there's no original members in the band if Mick's not out Sometimes Mick won't play, and he's right. the only last member. Uh, I got nothing for that. Uh, you know, with the dead, I there's a thing about it that, you know, it's it's a tough gig because Jerry's gone, but they they seem to do it so good. I've I've went to see it a few times, you know, and it's not just this cash, you know, grab the money thing. They play a different set list every night. They do all kinds of different things. They actually do the work. But these other bands that just kind of throw together, uh, you know, something and just go out and play county fairs forever, it just ruins the legacy, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that... I don't know. I think that dead thing is going to go on and on and on and on. And we're going to see, you know, people are going to be like, oh, that's Jeff Tremaine, man. He was one of the original of the reboot of the dead. You know? <laughs> well, well, with the dead, man, you've got the core there. You know? You've got the core there. But, it, you know, like, I, I really can't. It's, it's a tough thing. As a fan, if you don't like it, just don't go. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a lot of these guys over the years, they got ripped off and, uh, you know, don't have any money now. And as a musician, I can relate. I, I got lucky and was able to get into the comedy world with a lot of hard work and stuff. But, I mean, a lot of those guys, what are they going to do? Just, like, start working at a bank or something? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah that's why so they I kick off early a lot of times. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword, you know, for me. I mean, as a fan, I, I just don't go see the stuff I don't believe in. But uh, I would be a hypocrite because today is the birthday of Back in Black. And my favorite band is ACDC, and my favorite singer is Bon Scott. And he died... And they got Brian Johnson, and they made one of the greatest records of all time. Mm-hmm. So if I wouldn't be a guy that just rode off a band, you know, when something happened, I wouldn't be listening to that band now. Right. And man, that that Back in Black record, and for those about to rock, and Flick of the Switch, which is very underrated, are monsters. So the next uh, um, episode of Let There Be Talk that I have queued up, we're talking to Dean Delray, comedian and host of Let There Be Talk podcast. The next one I have queued up is Jay French. I'm looking forward to hearing this because I didn't realize what a great story the Twisted Sister story was until I saw the documentary. And that, to me, I love stuff like that where guys are like grinding it out in a tri-state area situation. They basically are like, let's play the five boroughs in Jersey and just get huge by just playing nonstop. And to your earlier point, they did the work. Those guys busted their ass, and they were starving artists. Man, that documentary, I don't care if you like rock, country, soul, or whatever that is an incredible movie about passion. Agreed. You know, and yeah. About hard work. And that thing is so insane. And, and that's another band that was cursed by their 80s hit. Because, you know, we're not going to take it. Everybody are like, oh, that's that band. You know, they, I want to rock or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more than that, man. And, and, and to watch that documentary and to see over and over and over record companies saying no, no, no. And they're like, we don't care. We're still going to play. We sell out arenas. With no record deal, they're doing 5,000 seats. <laughs> that is incredible, man. I'm trying to do 50 seats out on the road. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I'm... And I'm I've got a hit podcast, and, and I'm all over the place, and I'm like, where is everyone, you know? And uh, Yeah, they, like, built that. up to play the Palladium, right? Like, And, and everyone in the industry is like, who the hell are these guys? And they sold it out in, like, ten minutes. Yeah, and, and the funniest thing is, is, like, you know, record companies, that's how dumb they were. It's like, I would have saw that and went, yeah, just sign these guys. Even if we sell all the records in Jersey, we sold more than <laughs> right. the 20 bands we signed last month, you know? Right. Dean Del Rey is the host of Let There Be Talk. you got to check out this podcast. Make sure you see him uh, when he's doing comedy out on the road, too. Where are you headed to uh, this weekend? Are you going to be doing uh, shows? I'm going to Montreal. Oh, uh, just for, for laughs. Just for laughs comedy fest. Nice. Yeah. Which Good. is uh, an honor. I, I started comedy at 44 years old. Here I am at 52. I feel like Twisted Sister. They're like, ain't going to happen, dude. You're too old. <laughs> and, I'm, and, and boom, there I am at the biggest comedy festival in the world. You know? DVE Sports.
Mike Pursuta live from Steelers Training Camp right now. St. Vincent College in Latrobe. The 2018 Steelers Training Camp got underway. Well, yesterday they reported and some more uh, extravagantly than others, Mike. Sports this hour brought to you by Xfinity, by Comcast. And uh, I mentioned to you guys a couple of times, uh, either on the way up here or yesterday, that this is my 32nd Steelers Camp, 17th with the morning show. Yesterday became the first in which uh, one of the players arrived via helicopter. Yes. Antonio Brown. All we needed was the uh, ride of the Valkyries from uh, Apocalypse Now. Mm-mm-mm. And it was uh, well scripted. Uh, the media hanging out uh, at the back end of Rooney Hall, as we always do. Uh, there's an access road, and you wait in front of the back door, and you wait for guys to park their cars and then come down and enter the building and interview them. And at uh, one juncture early uh, yesterday afternoon, one of the team's uh, public relations staffers uh, herded everybody together and said, let's take a walk up the hill for an arrival. And here came Antonio Brown. And uh, I got to tell you two things on this. I had never been up close to see a helicopter land before. It's pretty impressive, and there's a lot of wind. Yeah. You know, you, you see the little speck uh, on the horizon, and then it gets bigger, and then it gets louder, and then it gets windier and breezier, and all of a sudden, boom, there you are. Those things are pretty cool. Uh, I've always liked these things in the past. I thought it was great when Brett Kiesel came in on his uh, backloader or whatever, the tractor-type thing, whatever you call it, the, the James Hat. The James Harrison fire truck was phenomenal last year with the siren wailing and all that. I thought maybe this year would be a nice year for the Steelers to uh, dial that stuff down a little bit and maybe set more a, a tone of focus and determination and uh, quiet confidence. But uh, that ain't Antonio Brown. So uh, no. uh, the helicopter, uh, he, he apparently was determined to top Harrison's fire truck last year. I think he pulled that off, and uh, he let us all know that uh, he's no longer uh, freaking out over all that media pressure and media attention. Uh, Brown uh, saying yesterday after hopping out of the machine that uh, he did it for the media. Well, I think if I put up in the chopper, you guys will think it's pretty cool. <laughs> so there you go. You did it for us? Yeah, I did it for you guys. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Not worried about the Google alerts in the wake of that nonsense, huh? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's A-B. Expect a flashy entrance. The helicopter, I don't know, it's just kind of, I don't know. I, I, I expected more from him. I feel like that was an easy one. Yeah, I'm surprised it hasn't been done before. Right. Well, I, I wonder, how, I wonder how, A, how accessible they are, and B, how expensive they are. Hey, if you got money, you can get anything. Right. I, w- I would take him for more of a blimp kind of guy. <laughs> oh, blimp. That's, see, that's going to take dirigible. too long, though. Yeah, you guys are all going to have to sit up there and watch a <laughs> blimp land. It'll probably take forever. Oh, the humanity. Oh, the, huma- <laughs> oh, the humidity. <laughs> Everybody else pretty much... Uh, showed up the way people show up for work uh no real extravagant vehicles uh no marching bands uh just day one everybody reporting and uh one of the guys who did that yesterday was number one pick Terrell Edmonds uh, the safety from Virginia Tech we talked a lot about him in the spring and we're going to talk a lot about him in the next couple of weeks uh he reminded us yesterday that he is here to do as much as possible for starters 
Uh, of course, I want to start, um, but whatever position that they put me in, I got to go out there and make a play. If that's strictly on special teams, if that's coming in on certain packages, I'm just trying to go out there and compete the best way I can and, and, and do whatever that helps the team win. Team needs help in the secondary. Uh, he was drafted to provide that help. We'll see uh, how long it takes him to get from point A to point B. Another topic that uh, a lot of people addressed yesterday was uh, Mike Tomlin, the head coach. Now, uh, you got to understand that uh, if players do have a bone to pick with Tomlin, uh, announcing them publicly uh, on the first day of training camp is probably not the best way to deal with those. But uh, the impression I get is the Steelers really appreciate their head coach and maybe no one more so than center Marquise Pouncey. Uh, he talked about Mike Tomlin a lot in the wake of the James Harrison interview, James Harrison having a few things to say, including – that uh, Bill Belichick is superior to Mike Tomlin in part because up in New England, everybody is treated the same, even Tom Brady. Here was uh, Marquise Pouncey's response to that. Uh, the world treats everybody differently. I think everyone is treated differently, but everyone's not, you know, everyone should be treated equally. But in positions on the team, uh, you think Ben should be treated like Josh Dobbs? There's no way. Reality. Do you really think Tom Brady is treated like the New England equivalent of Josh Dobbs. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. I mean, th- this is... People aren't treated that way in general. Be nice you know what if I they mean? Were. Like, just yeah. in the general population. It would be nice if they were, but they're exactly. not. Exactly. Yeah, it'd be nice for the people that weren't treated that way, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, membership has its <laughs> <laughs> membership has its privileges. If yeah. you're the starting quarterback, you're probably going to get a couple of, uh, uh, you know, uh, eh, that's fine type of stuff. You know, you're granted a few, uh, uh, you know, immunities from things. You know, uh, Pouncey also talked about Jacksonville a little bit yesterday and that, that disaster of a playoff loss at home in January. And one of the things he said was, uh, honestly – we didn't think they could score 45 points. And is that the Steelers looking ahead or overlooking Jacksonville, or was that the Steelers watching the Jacksonville-Buffalo game the week before? Because if you watched that game and thought that Jacksonville could score 45 points, uh, you need to be in Vegas. Right. So, we're, you know. We're, That's we're, interesting that he said that. Were they distracted? Were were they overlooking them and looking ahead to New England? You know, distracted by all the stuff they went through all year. Was was it a New England uh, envy kind of uh, over focus, or did they just assess that team and say, you know what, we're better than these guys? And and as it turned out, they were not. Um, I think maybe the uh, the latter there. I kind of think so too, and I'm not sure there's a whole lot you can do about that except uh, learn from it and and keep it in the back of your mind that. Uh, you know, looks can be deceiving sometimes. Um, I, I remember watching that Jacksonville-Buffalo game. I was with everybody else. The Jaguars looked awful, even though they won it. And then they came in here and looked like, uh, if not world beaters, Steelers beaters, which they had looked like in the regular season. But uh, right. Mike Tomlin not really wanting to address anything uh, of that nature, as you might expect. Uh Regarding the Harrison stuff, he said, uh, you know, everybody's got an opinion. He's entitled to his. And uh, his response to questions about last year was he is looking forward. Uh, This group needs to look ahead, not behind, and maximize every opportunity and and do everything it can to write its own script this year. Uh, And that is going to be done based on what they do this year, not on anything that happened in 
2017 or any other previous year. So uh, there is your starting point for the Steelers. Uh, they did make an addition yesterday, which uh, it's it's not uh, headline-making news, but uh, I think it's a significant development. They brought Eli Rogers back, uh, the wide receiver who hurt his ACL in that Jaguars playoff game. Uh, Rogers uh, is still in recovery slash rehab. He's going to start out on active, physically unable to perform. But uh, he's a guy who can be an accomplished slot receiver. 18 catches last year. In that Jaguars playoff game, he had uh, five catches on five targets. And he's a guy who, if he can uh, tighten up his operation a little bit more and uh, be a little more on his details, I think he's got a lot of ability. Mike Pursuit is live from Steelers training camp right now. Uh, we didn't get to the Buckos, but uh, they dropped the third in their series against the the uh, the Cleveland Indians. There, Mike. Yeah, you want them, uh, You want to do it after the break, or you want a quick recap right now? Well, uh, just uh, give me a quick recap right now. Okay, basically, uh, no Corey Dickerson because of a hamstring. Uh, Starling Marte got hit in, on the hand in his first at bat. He was out of the game. Jacob Stallings was in for Elias Diaz. And uh, most significantly, Trevor Bauer did what a real good starter does for a pretty good team. He dug his feet in the ground and uh, dominated the Pirates. Seven innings, two hits, no runs, two walks, and 10 Ks. Bucks lose it four to nothing. Uh, they welcome the Mets to PNC Park tonight, the first of four this weekend. Nick Kingham against Stephen Martz. Uh, Pirates losing a little ground yesterday. They're seven behind the Cubs in the NL Central Division, and they are three and a half behind Atlanta for the second wild card in the National League. Thanks, Mike. Val's got news top of the hour. Valerie, what do you have? Coming up, uh, we'll talk about the top ten amusement parks in the world. Also, Tim Gaber from the Pittsburgh Winery will talk about the big music festival this weekend, Vine Rewind, and the band Buffalo Rose playing live in the coffee house for you. These guys are fantastic. I'm psyched that we got them on a Thursday. This is nice. Big show today. Lots to come here on the DVE. It is the DVE morning show. Randy Bauman along with Val Porter. Bill Crawford on vacation. Mike is live from Steelers training camp. You could join them the Be Like Mike contest. Entry for that ends today at 5 o'clock. If you win, you get two sideline passes. You'll be just like Mike. You'll be covering the Steelers. On the sidelines for the Steelers afternoon practice on Wednesday, August 1st. At St. Vincent College in Latrobe, you get a $100 gift card for the Pro Shop, $50 gift card for Sharkies, where Mike Pursuta will uh, be broadcasting the Live from Latrobe show Wednesday night. We'll all be there as well because we're going to be doing the morning show the next day, live from Steelers Training Camp, and you can join us for that. We're having a sleepover. It's a big old slumber party. (laughs) One-night hotel stay for you as well, and we'll make it look like Mike's dorm room there. Plus, you get a wardrobe. You'll look like Mike. You'll get to be like Mike. You get the cargo shorts the golf shirt, the Michigan State hat, everything. And uh, also, two tickets to the Titans-Steelers game, August 25th. So there's quite a lot in that prize package, and you have till 5 o'clock today to get entered. I mean, the chance to go on the sidelines? It's pretty awesome. Not too many people get to do that. So, Val, the trend for old shows to come back is not slowing down. Have you heard the rumor about the latest one? Yes, I think I have. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. All right, so, yes, Frasier might be coming back. A new rebooted version of the show is being considered now. I honestly am having a hard time with this one. 
I'm I'm over it. Yeah, I'm over the reboots. Enough. They said mad about you. They probably they've talked about it. They they're probably not going to do it though, which I'm glad. I'm glad as well. But they're pitching uh, to different networks. He's meeting with writers, and they want to bring it back. Kelsey Grammer is trying to capitalize on this. Now this will be a reboot set in a new city with a title character played by Kelsey Grammer, of course. But it won't be the same thing you watched before. So it won't be Not like a ra- radio show. Right. He already made the cross country move once, as you remember, from mm-hmm. Boston to Seattle. He was a huge hit on network television so much. So I believe he has Grammys or Emmys. I'm sorry for three different shows in the same character. What would this? Cheers? I think he got in a. Uh, um, he guessed it on Wings. Oh, wow! <laughs> and he got an Emmy nomination for that. Frazier set a record for the most Emmy awards won by a scripted series. This is at the time they they won uh, or were nominated thirty seven. No, that was one. They were nominated more than that. They won thirty seven. Five consecutive Emmys for outstanding comedy series. But still, that's enough. No more. Let's get some new blood going. Am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, can can nobody come up with an original idea in Hollywood? You know what it is. It's just, it's, you know, been said time and time again. As soon as something is shown to be successful, everybody is capitalizing on an Goes idea. To the well. Because nobody wants to take the risk of doing something new and having it fail, and then it means their career. The only show I would want to see remade is WKRP in Cincinnati. <laughs> Me too. And the fact that they can't do it anymore because of the rights. The song rights. Yeah, are just too expensive. Even watching those old WKRPs, if you were able to watch them with the original music, they would hold up right now. If that was on Netflix with the original music, I would binge it constantly. Oh, yeah. That would be my new office where it would just be, it could be like television wallpaper for me at any time you put on WKRP and it's soothing. Yep. It's comfortable. Fraser lost me. It just got a little too pretentious. I was kind of like, yeah, I always liked it. Uh, but he's, you know, the John Mahoney who played his dad has passed away. I don't know where David Hyde Pierce is. I don't know either. I get, I get mail from him once in a while. What? From our union. <laughs> Oh, is he in charge of the SAG? No, no, no. He does some, it's like the Actors Fund or something. Oh, okay. He's in charge. It's, you know, to help poor actors who didn't save their money. He was great. Don't get me wrong. Roz, great character. Eddie the dog. He, who well, didn't love, would, would he have a new dog? Well, yeah, he'd probably be dead by now. Maybe they should just combine all of the ancillary characters from all the shows that were popular at that time and make one big show so that, like, Kramer would be his neighbor. <laughs> and then he'd have the guy looking over the fence from home improvement. Although I, Kelsey Grammer's kind of a, not a great guy off, you know, like the real guy. Yeah. So I might have a little trouble watching it now. Well, is he not a great guy or is he just, is he's not like a bad guy so much as he's kind of an arrogant guy? Well, he, you know, cheated on his wife and left her and. I, I don't know. Oh, he, he left her for the, the girl with, that farts all the time. <laughs> no, that's the wife he left. Well, no wonder he Camille left. <laughs> has irritable bowel syndrome. She's got irritable bowel syndrome. That's He's Camille. Probably, you know why? She's giving her scrambled eggs and salad all the time. <laughs> of course she's going to be farting. It's all sulfur and fiber. What do you think's going to happen, Kelsey Grammer? How dare you? How dare you, Kelsey Grammer, leave your wife with IBS after you're the one who lit the fuse?
with a huge mansion in Malibu. She was gorgeous. Yeah. I have a picture of him that I always like. There's this one guy on Twitter who oh, every Friday he puts TGIF, thank God I'm Frazier, and it's another like candid shot of Kelsey Grammer that's always very funny looking. Um, but there's one on the internet that I use all the time to just kind of rickroll people with, you know? And it's a picture of Kelsey Grammer sitting naked at like oh. at a breakfast nook. Yeah, at a booth. Yeah, like a little booth, and he's naked, and he's got like leftover penne pasta in front of him. He's like eating it out of foil, and he's looking at the camera, and he's like, it looks like he's giving the sideshow Bob Grumble, like, <laughs> that's almost a David Hasselhoff move. Oh man, the David Hasselhoff. At least is David a- Hasselhoff had his clothes on. He did. Well, he had his shirt off, but he had pants on. Yeah. Kelsey Grammer appears to be naked, and he's hairy like an ape. <laughs> He's so hairy. Like, just hair. He looks like like James Caan. It's just coming off of his shoulders. (laughs) And George the Animal Steel. Exactly. Who was a professor at at Michigan State. Yes. And uh, was a great actor in the movie Ed Wood. Okay. I did not see that. Yeah, he played uh, a character much like himself. who was like some wrestler that Ed Wood tapped to be in all those movies that was portrayed by George the Animal Steel. He's in some new documentary that talks about these guys who like are on the road all the time not this big superstars in wrestling but the guys who grind it out yeah traveling like 320 days a year he's one of them yeah what do you got coming up we're gonna talk about uh, a guy doing naked jumping jacks in a mcdonald's bathroom which is not (laughs) something you hope to ever see no. no, nobody naked in any public bathroom. It's, no good comes from any of that, really. Uh, Tim Gaber from the winery is going to be in to talk about Vinery Wine, a great music festival in town this coming weekend. And Buffalo Rose, a great band playing live in the coffee house for you. Speaking of neck, Val's neck is cold, so she uh, she's, she's hey man, don't put great... her business out there. Don't she's... put her neck business out there. That's a nice segue. Well. You... <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean I felt it and it's cold. I mean she's t- she told me it's cold, and th- then she suggested she needs dicky for women. For women, now dickies are those things, of course, the the turtlenecks that are just the neck. But I already have a great name for it. What the hickey? The woman dicky? Yeah, dicky for her. Oh, my God. Please don't put that on the packaging. No, you have to. You have to do a lot of explaining to people who are there for something else. I'm here to get Dickie for her. Wait a second. Hold on. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. How are you doing today? uh, Temperature appropriate? Uh, Not too bad. I mean, you have a thick hoodie on. It's a standard hoodie. It's not extra No, that's that's like a winter hoodie. I have a thin shirt on, like a paper thin shirt on. I don't I don't know what to tell you. I, I get cold. Why is that? I don't know. Maybe it's just colder I in your seat. I have ice in my veins. I have no idea. No, it would be the other way around, wouldn't it? Well, I don't know. So you had no reaction to the cryotherapy, like negative um, beyond what anybody else would yeah, be locked so. in a cryogenic chamber. I don't think. Not cryogenic, but yeah. Maybe it is. Cryotherapy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I went yesterday, and they asked if you're coming back, and I was like, <laughs> "I doubt it." I'm like, we got her in here one time. Yeah, it was all right. It didn't. I had no uh, 
issue with it. It wasn't like, oh my God, that was awful. I'm never going back. I do agree with you, though. Like, this room is actually a little bit warmer than the rest of the building. Well, when you go out in the hall, it's like being in a meat locker. That's what I said the other day when I came back from that place. I came back to the office, and it wasn't much warmer in here than it was in that tank. <laughs> I mean, it was... And, I, the, and the guys on this floor complained, too, so I know it's not just me. No, it's really cold. It's really cold out there. But I'm glad... Look, maybe... It's actually comfortable in here today. Yeah, it's not bad. It's, uh, maybe the sun... Is going to warm us up? What's the weather going to be like? Well, here is the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. It's her 11. It's 66 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Disgraced former USA Gymnastics doctor Larry Nasser is asking for a new sentence after he was assaulted in prison. 54-year-old Nasser's attorney requested the new sentence on Tuesday. The attorney blamed the attack on the trial judge who allowed more than 150 young women Nasser sexually assaulted to testify at his sentencing hearing. She then sentenced him to 40 to 175 years in prison, telling him she was signing his death warrant. Nasser's lawyer says the longtime USA Gymnastics and Michigan State University athletics doctor was assaulted hours after he joined the general population of a high-security prison in Arizona. Hey, sorry, dude. Don't feel bad for him. Not one bit. Oh, the judge set me up by having all of the people that I violated come right. and tell me tell the, their stories about how I molested them. How's that it's feel? his fault. Mm-hmm. Wrong. A man is jailed after he admitted to destroying President Trump's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Police say 24-year-old Austin Clay turned himself in early this morning after several people say they saw him smashing the plaque with a pickaxe hours earlier. He reportedly pulled the axe out of a guitar case, called police, then left the evidence behind. President Trump's star was also vandalized in October of 2016 with a pickaxe and a sledgehammer. Hmm. Organizers of last weekend's Picklesburg event want to expand it next year. The group would like to use parts of Pittsburgh's downtown to cut on uh, cut down on congestion for the festival. It looked like it was elbow to elbow. It was people. way too crowded. Yeah. And can the bridge sustain that many people for an extended? I mean, I'm sure it can, but I'm sure it can. But it did look like it had the potential to just fall into yeah. the Allegheny. Officials claim more than 10,000 people were on the Clemente Bridge during the event last Saturday and Sunday. So that's really grown over. The it year. really gummed up the works on Friday night. I can tell you that much. I was mm-hmm. down uh, for the John Prine concert, and it was traffic was a mess. They had streets closed down. There was a race going on, and I don't think anybody really knew about it. So anybody trying to get downtown for an event that night, because mm-hmm. there was like something in every theater, and it was just it was. Kind of bedlam. Yeah. A Colorado woman is expected to fully recover despite being swallowed up by a sinkhole. The woman was driving in Sheridan earlier this week, not our Sheridan, Sheridan, Colorado. Uh, Earlier this week when the ground literally cracked open and ate up her car, there was severe weather at the time in the area. Online pictures show a large hole in the road. That SUV was removed the next day. No other injuries were reported. According to a new study, dads are just as likely as moms to become depressed. Researchers found that 4.4% of fathers and 5% of mothers tested positive for depression. Dads who are depressed are less engaged with their kids, which can screw up the kids. And it ends up being a bit more complicated for dads because they are less likely to step forward and talk about any symptoms of depression they're dealing with, including sadness, irritability, and aggravation. I'll tell you a a real problem, too, and uh, this is not exactly 
really a hilarious topic, but like uh, elderly people dealing with depression, A, acknowledging that it, they have it, mm-hmm. and B, being willing to treat it when they're old. It's a really tough thing. Well, yeah, I think, too, for that generation, admitting that you have depression is not something that was done right. their whole life. Oh, uh, no, it's still, the taboo is still there yeah. in that generation. Well, that's very common, I would think, with elderly people. Oh, for sure. You know, you can't do what you used to do anymore, and your body doesn't do things you want it to do. Yeah. And- yeah, it's, it's a hard uh, hard road to travel. In other family news, a uh, little lighter news. Today is National Aunt and Uncle Day. Yes. That's me. And me. We finally get our day, Randy. I'm psyched. <laughs> I'm going to see all my nieces and nephews this weekend, too, Good. so I'll be at the beach with them. So. Ask them what they got you for National Aunt and Uncle Day. Well, last year, they got me a shirt that said, World's Okayest Uncle. <laughs> Uh, to celebrate, Auntie Anne's, the pretzel place, is yeah. offering free pretzels. It's a BOGO deal. The chain is encouraging people to bring in their favorite cool aunt to Auntie Anne's for the free pretzel. Although you don't really have to be related. You just have to get the coupon on their website. So They don't make you take a blood test? They don't make you take any blood That's tests good. or provide any uh, documentation. Probably safer. If you love amusement parks, there's a good chance for you to visit some of the world's best right here in the United States. TripAdvisor just put out the list of the top amusement parks in the world based on user reviews. Number 10 is Disneyland in France. Number 9 is the island in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. I got to be honest with you. I thought they closed that Disney in France. How would that ever happen? I don't know. I didn't think the European Disney went over. No, it's one of the best. It's like McDonald's never closes. Right. There was one by my house in Erie that closed, and my dad took a brick from it <laughs> because it, when they destroyed it, because he was he was like, it's the only McDonald's that ever closed because the plant closed next to a oh, GE, like yeah. didn't close, but like went down to you know a thousand jobs from whatever you know, few like twenty thousand jobs or yeah. something like that, and uh, yeah, we had a brick from that. That's why I couldn't understand a Wendy's. A Kentucky Fried Chicken and Long John Silver's, all within about 300 yards, closed in Franklin. I th- I don't know how that happened. When I fast drove food restaurants closed, but when I drove past that in Franklin last summer, mm-hmm. I just remember thinking, who did they think lived here? There's a lot there for a small town. That's f- oh, a lot of fast food restaurants. Yeah. Well, yeah, Eaton Park. I'll tell you that came in. Eh, it was probably 20. Wiped years everything ago. out. It was packed for months you couldn't get in it's the best it was the greatest thing to happen to franklin it's one of my favorite things to see is on banksville road the eaton park it is always packed yep i mean bill and i went there after the christmas show this year at like one in the morning or something like that and it it was a thursday night and there was (laughs) still like 65 people in there oh yeah made a lot of late night trips there uh, Tivoli Gardens is an old school style amusement park in Denmark. Tivoli. Tivoli. Uh, Europa Park is a huge traditional amusement park in Germany. Disney's Animal Kingdom in Orlando is number six. Isn't that just part of the Disney? Well, like, no, apparently Florida. not because there are, there are, <laughs> they have about six of the top 10. Uh, Universal Studios Orlando and Universal Studios in LA. Number five and four. Have you been in one of those? Yes. They are awesome. Mm-hmm. I did not think I would enjoy them as much as I did, but those rides are incredible. Yeah. I, 
I did the Spider-Man ride when it first came out. The Harry Potter, like one of the first ones, was opening, and the line was forever, and I was like, screw that. But I went on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. I almost barfed. <laughs> I don't know what The Simpsons ride. I, I did the E.T. ride. How was that? That was fun. That would be cool. Are you in a basket on a bike? I I don't remember. I just remember part of it there is like, it feels like you're flying through the air. Yeah. Uh Let's see. Uh, Universal or Disney. Okay. Universal Orlando, number five. LA, number six. Le Prix de Feu is a Renaissance festival on steroids. That's how it's described. That's in France. That's mm. number three. Number two, Disney's Magic Kingdom. That's number two. Universal's Islands of Adventure in Orlando is number one. No kidding. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between the. First uh, Universal in that one. Yeah, I looked up their website. Looks like there's a lot of movie stuff. Kennywood didn't make it. Like not in the world. That's some BS. Yeah, Wait till that steel curtain the world. coaster goes up. That's right. Yeah, it looks like uh, the Universal. This park that's number one is a lot of movie stuff because there's it's got Spider Man, Harry Potter, Jurassic Park stuff all over their website. So there you go. Plan your vacation accordingly. In less wholesome news, police in Nashville got a call on Monday because there was a guy working out in the McDonald's, which is weird. But he was exercising naked, doing jumping jacks in the ladies' room. It was probably just that guy from Planet Fitness that was exercising (laughs) naked (laughs) yesterday. And he was like, you know what? I'll just find a personal gym. (laughs) When police arrived, they found 25-year-old Brady Young Still naked, still in the ladies' room, still doing naked jumping jacks. Police also noticed a strong chemical smell in the bathroom, which I immediately thought, meth lab. Uh, But no, they say he had been likely huffing the cleaning supplies. Oh, that's pretty hardcore. So uh, he was arrested for public indecency, trespassing, and public intoxication. The original Happy Meal. (laughs) Dennis Quaid is being sued for allegedly smoking on an airplane. According to TMZ, a man named Carl Larson has taken the star to small claims court in L.A., claiming Quaid enjoyed an electronic cigarette next to him in first class on an Air Canada flight from Toronto to L.A. two years ago. Smoking of any sort, of course, on planes has been banned for quite some time. The alleged victim of the secondhand smoke says the actor owes him the cost of his ticket, which is about 3800 bucks. TMZ says the reasons are unclear, but he's cutting Quaid a break by only seeking the price of a business class seat, not first class. Maybe that's because it he's wouldn't not, be... He's not really angry. Well, and maybe it would kick it out of small claims court maybe i don't know oh i see what you're saying I have no idea can you smoke e-cigarettes in the bathrooms on planes without an alarm going off apparently not that's what he was doing he was in the bathroom or in no, the no, seat no. well but he was using an e-cigarette in a seat or in the bathroom in his seat so what if you went to the bathroom and hit the vape asking for a friend <laughs> and he just stuck it in the toilet and blew it out. And I, I don't know. Flushed it real quick. Yeah, I don't if know. you flush the toilet and blew the smoke down at the same time, that air pocket sucks. By it the out. way, every time you flush a toilet in an airplane, don't you worry that your eardrums are going to get sucked right out of your? <laughs> I've never head. thought that in my the life. The pressure release is so <laughs> severe. I have never thought that. I plug my ears when I. <laughs> <laughs> when I flush the toilet in the bathroom because it's so loud, my ears will start like ringing and yeah. stuff. I try not to go to the bath. I try not to move on an airplane. Oh, I enjoy it. Nope. It's a nice little break from the monotony. 
you get up and you go there and hang out, no see how much stuff you can do without getting, you know. Somebody pounding in the door. Right. Like, yeah, I'll wash my hands. Oh, there's lotion. Oh, just. <laughs> there's I'll lotion just, in there? Oh, yeah, there's hand lotion sometimes. Really? Yeah. What a fancy bathroom that is under the airplane. No, like United uh, flights, they put like, uh, there's a soap, a and, soap lotion? and a lotion. Huh. Soap if and I a went, lotion. If I went to the bathroom on a plane, I would know that, I guess. Yeah, so you have to go to the bathroom often. You're usually too uh, no, I'm knocked, knocked out, out on. I don't uh, care. I try not to drink anything. On and just take Mother's pills. Little Helper. <laughs> right. Roger Daltrey is sharing more details about his highly anticipated memoir. According to the Who's Facebook page, the memoir will be titled Thanks a Lot, Mr. Kibble White, My Story, and will arrive in the UK October 18th and in the US on the 23rd. According to a synopsis of the autobiography, Mr. Kibble White was the Rock and Roll Hall of Famer's quote unquote draconian headmaster during Roger's rebellious teenage years. It's such an English sounding thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It sounds like an early P- Pink Floyd song. Thanks a lot, <sighs> Mr. Kibble White. Yep. Finally, Arizona will soon be buying lottery tickets featuring photos of Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Alice Cooper. The tickets were unveiled yesterday and will be for sale starting on August 7th. One of them includes a cash prize of up to $50,000. The Arizona Lottery says it made them because of how much Alice Cooper has helped young people throughout the state through a teen center that he opened in Phoenix. Forecast today, partly sunny, a very slight chance of rain. Temperatures in the mid-80s. It's 65 at DVE. It is the DVE Morning Show and Steelers training camp underway. Mike Pursuta will be broadcasting live... All training camp long here on the DV Morning Show. It's his 17th year doing it for the DV Morning Show. 32nd year reporting from Steelers training camp. And we're giving you the opportunity to be like Mike. You have until 5 p.m. today to register to get those two sideline passes to roam around St. Vincent while the Steelers are practicing. Just like a grizzled old sports writer. Plus, we'll give you a $100 gift card for the uh, Steelers Pro Shop. 50 bucks to spend at Sharky's while Mike Pursuit and Bob Labriola broadcast the Live from Late Trobe show. Wednesday night, August 1st, you get a night hotel stay. We'll decorate your hotel room to look like Mike's dorm room. And you get to sit in with us, the DV Morning Show, the next morning as we do our show live from Steelers training camp. Plus, two tickets to the Steelers-Titans game August 25th at Heinz Field. This is a great prize package. Go to DV.com and get registered. As I said, you have till 5 o'clock today, and you got to be 21 years of age or older to win. All right, David Cross, Tobias Funk from Arrested Development. Uh, of course, from Mr. Show, Bob and David. He'll be on uh, coming up at 8 o'clock. His show coming up Tuesday, July 31st at the Carnegie Library of Homestead. I don't know how you say that. Every time I say it different every time. Carneg- Carnegie Music it, Hall. I think it's Carnegie of Homestead Library Music Hall. Let's just call no it idea. like the you know, Andy's Cantina or something <laughs> like that. So that we can all figure out which one that is and people don't go to Oakland. The one in Homestead. I did that for a Wilco show one time. I went out to Homestead and the show was at Oakland. Oh. Like we have too many libraries. Give them different names, Andrew. All right. Well, David Cross will be there on Tuesday night and we'll uh, be talking to him coming up at the top of the hour. Mike Pursuit of Sports live from Steelers Training Camp. And boy, did AB show up in AB fashion yesterday. Full details when we return on DV. Pittsburgh.com. DVE. Sports. Mike pursued a line from Steelers training camp, St. Vincent College in Lake Trove. Mike, what's going on? Sports is brought to you by Citizens Bank. Antonio Brown 
showed up in a helicopter. Vince Williams showed up uh, as if he wanted to be Stone Cold Steve Austin for Halloween. And some guy who I didn't recognize without a number and a name on his back showed up in a Toyota. So began Steelers training camp 2018. Uh, It was a rather understated reporting day with the obvious exception uh, of Antonio Brown channeling his inner Robert Duvall and helicoptering into a field. (laughs) Uh, that sits uh, atop the hill that is behind the dorms. Uh, Antonio Brown said he didn't really uh, have anything uh, profound to say in terms of the statement that it made other than, you know, he wanted to make sure he was on time. And if anybody's ever driven on Route 30, they've probably wished they had a helicopter at one point or another. Uh, Antonio Brown said he's ready to go. Marquise Pouncey said the Steelers are ready to go, but uh, Pouncey got a lot more to say than that uh he told uh, a group of us yesterday that he still hasn't forgotten how it felt to lose to jacksonville at home in january yeah it sucked it really did so i think we're all in agreement on that uh why uh was it the why was that the case uh, what happened uh did the steelers uh get distracted did they overlook the jaguars uh, were they looking ahead to new england if they were looking ahead Pouncey said he sure hopes that doesn't happen again. Man, I hope not, man, because every year, man, every team is really, really good, and I know that records don't show it sometimes, but everyone's in the NFL and everyone plays great. Obviously, we got beat up pretty good in the playoff game. Do you guys need to kind of work that out amongst yourselves, or do you think everybody lives and learns? I'm pretty sure Coach Tomlin will have something to say about it in the first meeting, but we'll see how things go. And um, I think this team, you know, that we learned a lot over the years of losing like that, and hopefully everyone went home and took it all in and see how things turn out this year. There is one other possible uh, explanation for what happened last January at Heinz Field. Jaguars 45, Steelers 42. It it might have been a case of misdiagnosis. The Steelers might have done things the way they always do them and just uh, screwed up the evaluation of the Jags. Here's Pouncey on that. Honestly, we didn't think they could score 45 points in my opinion, but hell, they showed me wrong. They did a good job, man. All hands up to them. Yeah, I you know, we talked a little last hour about it, Mike, but when you watch them play the Bills, there's no way you thought they were going to put up anything like that on the Steelers' defense, uh, even without Shazier and even with the late-season troubles that they had. You were, had to be kind of confident watching the Bills basically shut down the Jaguars uh, that the Steelers would be able to do the same thing at home. Yeah, you had respect for the running game in Leonard Fournette, but that was about it, right? Yeah. So you figured, you know, load everybody up. Uh, yeah, Jacksonville had a great defense last year, but based on the perceived inequities of its offense, you wouldn't have to score very many points, and the Steelers were certainly capable of scoring enough to beat those guys. Just gang up on Fournette and let the rest fall into place. It did not work out that way. Uh, Blake Bortles, much better than anticipated. A bunch of receivers that nobody ever heard of made plays. Uh, Fournette was Fournette, and uh, the Steelers' offense was productive, but it wasn't perfect, and... Uh, that's where we are. Uh, this, the early uh, exit ruined last year's Super Bowl aspirations, but the Steelers are a team a lot of people think can uh, make another run at the Super Bowl this year. Marquise Pouncey not really interested in hearing uh, anything about that. I hate the potential thing. You ever seen that Geico commercial where, you know, Pinocchio, you got potential, and the nose grows longer. Potential don't matter, man. Everyone in the NFL has a great team. they got great players and great coaches. you got to go out there and put the work in. <laughs> he was on a little bit of a roll yesterday, Marquise Pouncey. Uh, Steelers left the practice field for the first time today. They'll do that again on Friday, and then Saturday they'll do it for the first time 
in the shoulder pads playing actual football. That's something that uh, a lot of people have been looking forward to for a long time. I liked what he had to say about the uh, um, treatment of players. You know, in the wake of the James Harrison comments on uh, the whatever show that Jack asked to show, what's that guy's name? I always forget it. Skip, whatever the hell his name is. I think that's what it's called. I believe that's called That Jackass Show. That Jackass Show. (laughs) At any rate, uh, he said, yeah, of course Mike Tomlin plays favorites. Who cares? Everybody plays favorites to a degree in any industry that you're in anywhere. Yeah, I can't imagine a scenario where that doesn't happen. Um, And the the whole Brady thing, you know, obviously he's – doing his own thing with uh, the TB12 stuff and, and uh, the training guru and the Patriots aren't happy about that. Uh, Especially since they got somebody suspended who was using the TB12 method. Yeah, I think, you know, for James Harrison to be in New England uh, for as brief a period as he was and then come off like he's this expert on uh, the world according to Belichick, uh, disingenuous, I think, a little bit. Uh, yeah, at best. And the other thing about like the camp arrivals. Now, a lot of people continuing the comparison, the Belichick-Tomlin comparison, which is not going to go away anytime soon. I think last year when Coach Tomlin said, hell yeah, we're looking ahead towards the Patriots, that pretty much set that, that, that in motion from now on. Everybody's always going to be looking at these two as a comparison. Wins, process, discipline, etc. Uh, and when A.B. came in a helicopter yesterday... A lot of Steeler fans were pissed. If you went on social media, a lot of Steeler fans were pissed because they said Belichick would never let somebody show up in a helicopter. And then Brady arrived in a helicopter. And then, yes. <laughs> Brady will probably come in a Learjet or a, a moon rocket or something. I wasn't pissed. I was just like, oh, of course he did. Yeah, well, I still wish he would have done a blimp. The, the <laughs> helicopter was a little anticlimactic because you get off the helicopter and then what? It's like the Vince Williams thing. I don't know if you saw the video of him, but he's dressed up like Stone Cold Steve Austin, mm-hmm. and he he goes huffing and puffing into the dorm room, and the the Steelers posted a video of it. Except there's no noise; like it's completely silent <laughs> while he's doing it. So it looks kind of weird. Like they should have put sound effects of a crowd uh, as he was doing that. And then what does he do when he gets into the room, Mike? He's all huffing and puffing, like, "Yeah, let's do this." Come on, let's get the sheets on the bed. <laughs> well, I can tell you it wasn't silent in live action because he uh, he left his truck running and <laughs> he had the radio cranked. I don't, I'm he not into playing. wrestling. I don't know if it was Steve Austin's walking in the ring music. Do they have that? It, it was some kind of hard metal. Somebody tweeted it was disturbed. It, it was disturbing, I can tell you. <laughs> but it, it, it set a tone and uh, that he didn't want to talk to us uh, to uh, elaborate on the statement he was trying to make. I did see he tweeted last night that uh, he was going to uh, do infrequent interviews this year and he was going to tweet infrequently because he thought the Steelers talked too much. Yeah, he, well, mm. I mean, talk about a an inconsistent message. We're going to make less of a spectacle of ourselves. He said while wearing jean shorts dressed like Steen, Stone, <laughs> Stone yeah, Cold Steve Austin. And, it, it was a wrestler, right? He wasn't trying out for the village people or anything <laughs> like that. No, it was, he had a belt, didn't he? Yeah, he had a belt. I don't think any of that stuff really matters, but it's the stuff people like to point to when things go awry as evidence of an undisciplined team. Yes, and if you want it to go away, at least temporarily, just kind of chill, right? 
That's what I would say. But uh, that's not uh, their style. I, I don't want to criticize Antonio Bryant because the Kiesel thing with the – what you call that, Val, a back hoe? Front loader. Front loader. Well, it might have been a back hoe. I, I don't I, know. You know Maybe they're the big, same thing. I have no big idea. Big, farmy, trucky-looking thing. And uh, the, the Harrison fire truck was a lot of fun. Uh, but maybe this wasn't the time to have fun and be uh, whimsical. Maybe maybe it was. I don't know. It's just the first day of camp. If they lose to Jacksonville again in the playoffs, I'm not going to blame the helicopter, I promise you. Well, there are different dynamics that help different teams become successful. You know, there was, uh, you know, the Red Sox broke the curse with a bunch of crazy people. You know, the, the cowboy mentality. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, but there are other teams who are buttoned down and get it done, and it seems that the way they've been doing it hasn't been working. So I understand why Steelers fans are uh, a little unimpressed with all of this and just want them to get down to brass tacks because they've or, seen that it works elsewhere. Or you could say it worked really well until uh, their linebacker got hurt and uh, when Ryan Chazier was removed from the equation, the defense didn't work anymore. Well, then you didn't have the room to be cocky like that anymore. That's how I would counter that. Yeah, you, you might be right, Rabbit. Pirates lose to the Cubs four to no, not the Cubs, the uh, Indians four to nothing yesterday afternoon in Cleveland. A bunch of stuff came to an end. The Pirates' uh, eleven-game winning streak gone. Starling Marte seventeen-game hitting streak gone. He got hit in the hand uh, during his first at bat and wound up leaving the game. Uh, the Pirates had won their last eight games against American League teams. That uh, is gone. They had homered in a season-high nine consecutive games. They no longer have. And uh, Josh Bell had been the nine for 16 in his last four games. He went 0 for 3. Uh, a lot of guys went 0 for the Pirates. Only got three hits against three Cleveland pitchers. Uh, the most prominent of those was Trevor Bauer, who did what... A guy like that is supposed to do seven innings, two hits, no runs. Jamison Tyone, pretty good for the Pirates. Seven innings, seven hits, just two earned runs. He gave him a chance to win, as he has been doing, so that's encouraging. Uh, they get to host the woeful New York Mets starting tonight, a four-game series at PNC Park. Steven Matz for the visitors against Nick Kingham for the Bucks. Pirates are seven back in the NL Central Division. Chicago still leading Milwaukee two and a half out. And uh, the Pirates trail Atlanta, which is currently in possession of the second wild card by three and a half games. Arizona and Colorado are in between the Bucks and Braves, Randy. Mike Pursuit of Life for Steelers training camp. We'll check in with you next hour. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. See you guys. Valerie, what do you got coming up? Uh, we have a guest at eight, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. David Cross. He's going to be at the Carnegie Music Hall of Homestead and Library of Bun Hall, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, this <laughs> Tuesday night. And you can see Tobias Funk in person. Although, you know, David Cross, if you know his history, that's just one character he plays. So if you're a fan of Arrested Development and you think you're going to go see him beat Tobias for uh, two hours, that's not how it goes down. But uh, looking forward to the lovely conversation with David Cross coming up top of the hour. Also, Tim Gaber from the Pittsburgh Winery will talk about this weekend's music festival. Vine Rewind is back on the streets of the Strip District. Local music all weekend. This is a great lineup and one of the bands featured this weekend. Buffalo Rose will be performing live for you coming up in the coffee house after 9 o'clock this morning on DVE. But Steelers training camp today uh, with the players report it's always fun to watch, you know, these guys load all these TVs in and these elaborate electronic settings. and Like, some of them hire people 
to come out and actually set up all of their stuff for them. <laughs> I would. Sweet. Yeah. If I had a couple million dollars to spare, yeah. Yeah, and then there's other people who's like their wives go out and like kind of like decorate the room a little bit for them so it's a little bit homey, but usually it's nothing too uh, extravagant unless Hey guys! Oh, hey Steely, hey, how you doing? What's going on? OMG! Yeah, I'm so excited for camp to start. I bet. I just came from Robinson Town Center. Yeah, you gotta check out what I got for my dorm room. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so excited! All right, calm down, Steely. <laughs> check it out. I got these tiny shelves from IKEA. Uh -huh. Aren't they adorable? Yes, they are. They're just perfect size for the dorm room. Uh -huh. Although IKEA products are a bear to put together. Uh -huh. I hope we signed a Swedish punter or something like that. Someone that can help me. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> someone from Minnesota or something. All right, Steely, relax here. <laughs> what else do I have? Scented candles Scented. for the shells. Sure. And I got this rad comforter from Pottery Barn. Yeah, Pottery Barn. I know. Ask me how much. I don't really care. $50. I, well, Are great. you serious? <laughs> yeah, it's $50? Nice. Yeah. Marked out from $150 to $100. And that additional 50% off sale that was going on, I almost grabbed. Oh, steely. Also, Black and gold drapes from Restoration Hardware uh -huh. because, I mean, the blinds they have at St. Vincent are, I mean, yeah. no offense, so they're just gauche. Right. Uh -huh. And mm -hmm. check out this area rug. 100% uh -huh, olefin fiber right. with a non-skid backing. Mm -hmm. Would you believe I got this at Pier 1? Pier 1, Randall! Who would have thought that? I, I mean, no! Steely, I know! Uh, Steely, like you, you, you might be overdoing it a bit. It's just a... And uh, best of all, yeah. <laughs> I hit the Costco. Uh -huh. Five-gallon bucket of beam polish. Beam, beam polish? <laughs> Gotta polish the beam. Yeah. Can't let it get rusty out there. No. You know, all the rain coming right. up. Yes. Yeah. A uh, five-gallon bucket of beam polish and a box of paper towels right next to my bed, and I'm a happy <laughs> uh, steely. Okay. <laughs> steely. Uh, steely. Ste <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steely. Well, we're going to do our broadcast out there next week. We'll see you then. I love camp. Oh, and how about this leather lamp I got from Marshalls? I know. Marshalls. Berg. When I was a little kid, my grandparents lived right around the corner. They used to leave the the you know the food out on the ta after dinner. They'd leave it out to cool before they would put it in the fridge. So I would sneak in the back door. And my grandfather would say, "Here comes the little meat eater." Yeah, the little meat eater. I would sneak in and eat whatever meat was laying on the table. I mean, that's an adorable upbringing. Yeah. Well, I don't know why your parents didn't feed you enough <laughs> in the first place. And why you needed to go door to door scavenging. Well, you, you know, get hungry I don't when know. The other neighbors beasts. might have had not so cute of a name for you. I mean, was that, did you stop at your grandparents or did you just Here keep trucking Here comes the burglar. Yeah, like, exactly. Don't feed Val. If you see her in the daylight, it, something's wrong. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. I feel like all the top of the hour rewinds have been ganging up on you today. Oh, I don't look at it that way. Oh, okay. In that case, keep them coming, Joe. <laughs> Valerie, what's the weather going to be like today? Uh, here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. David, you there? Yes. Hey. You, yes. You, you can hear me. I can't hear you now. Sorry about that. What's up, okay. man? How are you? Uh, good. Um, listen, the reason I called is uh, <laughs> I never got... First of all, the, the second shelf of the fridge mm -hmm. we had discussed is mine, and I never got the replacement for my Chobani, the peach mango one. And, I mean, I got a replacement, but it was mixed berry, and I can't. 
because of the seeds in my teeth. I can't eat it. Hey, well, I, I wasn't so, aware. You, your diverticulitis is an issue. I, I thought you could have the seeded fruit. Do not ever use that word with me again. <laughs> David Cross with us right now. He's going to be at the Carnegie Library Homestead on the 31st, uh, and you get your tickets uh, at their uh, at their box office. How are you, man? Is everything good? Aside from the yeah. our, our, our refrigerator dispute. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll clear it up. We're, we're <laughs> civil. We're gentlemen. We'll figure it out. You know what? I was thinking, I, I saw your posters. I was there uh, the other night. Uh, I, I was watching uh, Joe Jackson performed at the same venue mm-hmm. you're going to be playing at. And I was watching the, the the legendary English songwriter there. And there's a big poster of you there. And it was right in the midst of all of these people digging through uh, old tweets, trying to ruin people's careers. And I thought... Now, there's a guy who never has to worry about that, because when you are always uh, on the verge of being offensive... (laughs) Because my career has already been ruined by tweets. There's there's nothing left. There's nothing left to dig up. That's not true, though. uh, No, well, I was also late to Twitter, very late to Twitter, um, and only got on there to promote the last tour, so that was about two and a half years ago. Um, So... You know, there's not, uh, look, there's plenty of stuff I've said to friends, you know, at a bar uh, that could be deemed offensive, I'm sure, but um, not tweets, not that many tweets. No, but like your career, like people will dig up past bits that you've done and, you know, in the context of things that if you try to do anything mainstream now, uh, there is a weird uh, onus on comedians to somehow be these moral arbiters now and uphold some sort of moral standard that uh, uh, other people who are supposed to be doing that don't have to live up to. Yeah, very true. But that's don't forget, this is all a coordinated uh, faux outrage uh, from people, from a handful of specific people, you know, who have ulterior motives, you know, and, and you know, the, the stuff that's going on with, um, Michael Lee Black and Patton Oswald, and there's somebody else in the mix now, I think, uh, by those two guys, uh, Cernovich oh, yeah. and Jesselnik. They the were going guy. after Jesselnik. Oh, Jesselnik. Yes. Uh, who had the best response. I mean, the most perfect response. He just posted all this offensive stuff and said, you know, that's like, you know, trying to find an offensive tweet for me is like trying to find a needle in a needle factory on um, uh, whatever, <laughs> during a sale or something like that. It was perfect. And, uh, um, you know, it's it's good to see that somebody is, is standing up to this. Uh, but, I mean, it is. It's all manufactured outrage, and it all has a specific intent, which is just to shut down those people because they don't like them because those those people are calling those other people out for being, you know, uh, uh, racist rapists or whatever it is. Yeah. Everybody's looking for some weird... Like, pedophilia seems to be a big part of the angle everyone's going for. It's a very strange uh, search they're all embarking on. Yeah, because it's probably the easiest, most offensive thing, you know? And then you get plenty of... I mean, that's just unfortunately where we are as a culture right now and you get people who uh you know will not see it as a joke or see the intent and just they'll see the word pedophilia and then they just i'm talking about people on the left you know who just immediately dismiss it go that's an out that's outrageous you should be fired from life let's change to a like more pleasant uh, uh subject matter here uh sure i was a big fan of mr show and i wondered if the pressure of your fan base because there's a rabid fan base uh, that everything you did after Mr. Show 
was there an expectation of you having to uphold like an avant-garde comedy mantle? Uh, sure. There was, there was definitely, uh, uh, I mean, I got a lot of flack for, you know, some of the things that I did after that, but then a lot of people kind of had my back in order of like, Hey, he did this thing. So we'll give him a pass on, you know, uh, whatever scary movie or the chipmunk move to uh, the Alvin and the chipmunks thing. Um, but I mean, I kept doing other, you know, avant-garde stuff that didn't pay anything, but you know, um, I, I was always able to balance those two things out, so I didn't get too much grief. Yeah, and uh, I would imagine that had some sort of redeeming quality for your family too. That because uh, you come from a conservative <laughs> family, right? No, no, uh, not at all. I uh, my mom is just tickled to see me on TV or the movie screen. She doesn't care what it is. Yeah, you know, she's just excited. Well, the success of Arrested Development must have really made her ecstatic then. I mean, that that is, uh, you know, reached iconic status now. And I'd imagine uh, of all the things that you've done, that that has to feel like a pretty big notch in your belt. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's uh, it's one of those things that I kind of kind of fell in my lap and I and I'm just acting in it. And Mm I I don't uh I'm proud of the show, and I think the show is great, and it's uh, brilliant sometimes, and uh, and the the cast is amazing, and the the totality uh, totality of it is great. But I'm just acting in it, you know. I mean, I obviously have riffed some things here and there, but um, you know, I'm I I kind of I, my my uh, pride in something is going to be somewhat. There's a ceiling to it if I'm just doing one thing, you know, and uh, I don't. I don't know. I hope this that that doesn't come off as no. arrogant or something. But when when I've like created something that I wrote and directed and acted and produced, then that I have I have a little bit more pride in that. You know what I mean? I, like I look Todd at, Margaret uh, is more of a passion project for you. Yeah, yeah. And and I look at Arrested as um, that's just like a paid vacation to me. I mean, there there are some difficulties in it, and you work really long hours, and there's some uh, there's some you know, strains that are put upon you um, uh, that any actor has to deal with. But um, to me, something like that, where I'm not having to worry about changing scripts and logic and story and, you know, and I'm not producing it, so I don't have to worry about what did the network say and what are the notes and changing it. And I just get to go out and kind of have fun with that cast. Uh, That, to me, is paid vacation. So, yeah, now, rest of Development living on on Netflix, um, Bob and David uh, on Netflix, too. Your comedy special is on Netflix. Everything is streaming these days. Is this a good thing for comedy? Um, I would say yes and no. Uh, there, you know, any, any, anytime you have more uh, outlets for comedy, uh, there's bound, just by the numbers, there's bound to be more good comedy but also along with that is just so much crap now there's a ton of crap that you have to wade through Mm -hmm. so you you got a lot of new uh very smart very sharp uh exciting new comedians who are getting a shot that certainly wasn't there 25 years ago you know and uh uh and that's great but then there's also just garbage right you know yeah 
Well, you know, it strikes me that everything you do, you seem to be surrounded by these guys, whether it was earlier in your career or like even at like coming out of college at Emerson, the crew that you were around then, the writing room at Bob and uh, or at, uh, um, Mr. Show is probably like, you know, akin to the modern day uh, Sid Caesar show writing room. I mean, there's all these guys who are like comedy luminaries in there and you've always been really productive in these ensembles. When you were doing stuff early on, did you think... Man, all these Mark Marin, Janine, these guys are Louis. These guys are all going to be. We're all going to be big. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, there was uh, Janine was probably. Uh, I mean, Janine and and Louis were special very early, um, and and Janine just simply does not get the credit, and she doesn't want it. She she shies away from it, but she doesn't get the credit for. She was really the linchpin and, and really started, um, it was part of starting the, what, what now we just take for granted as stand-up comedy. But, I mean, she was at the forefront of that stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, and you knew, you know, you'd watch her and you knew she had this thing, this quality uh, that is innate to, you know, maybe if you're lucky, one or two people in a culture. And, and Louis was similar, not his stand-up wasn't similar, but he, early on, I mean, he was like 19, I think. He was, we were roommates for a while, but Louis was, early on, you're like, oh, this kid, I mean, he has it. I don't know what it is. I don't know how to get it, but we all watched him. He's like, he's just a natural, you know? Yeah. And, uh, um, and, you know, there were, there were, we were in a little bubble too in the, in Boston there. Um, and eventually people started drifting and, and getting way, you know, more work in New York and then, you know, slowly moving to New York and or Los Angeles. But early on, as it was kind of bubbling up, we were just that we were just in a little bubble. We worked in Boston and Cambridge and then we'd all do these, you know, one nighters, uh, you know, whether it was, in Western Mass or Connecticut or Rhode Island or New Hampshire or wherever. And, uh, and it, it really took kind of, it was, it was kind of Janine going to LA and then, uh, getting on the Ben Stiller show that sort of put a, shined a spotlight on all that stuff and, and, you know, her peers, which were all of us. Right. Well, you guys have all done it exceedingly well since then, and I'm wondering since you've been around, well, we're like part of a, we're part of a cabal, and you know <laughs> we make sacrifices, and um, that's really the key. Sure, you know what we what we sacrifice up to the great Satan. Right. Yes. Indeed. Uh, what makes you laugh now? What are you excited to? Oh, I, I got to see that. That I can't wait to see that. Um. You know, a lot of it, because I, I just don't really watch a lot of TV or, I mean, I think Black Panther was the last movie I saw in a movie theater. But, um, uh, I mean, it's, there's not, I, I, my life is, is so removed from what it used to be. Um, and happily so. I mean, I, I, I don't lament it. It's, uh, you know, I'm married, I have a kid and, you know, and I'm, and I, spend as much time upstate in the woods in New York as I can. So, um, I guess, I guess I'm, uh, uh, if there's like a really big buzz, like I finally saw Nanette, uh, you know, yeah. which is, 
you know, my, my wife and I were like, all right, we have to watch this. Let's watch it. You know, and there's Do you think that was comedy? That I, you know, here's here's my take on it. It's it starts off like comedy. I don't think it's very funny. I don't think her jokes are particularly funny. I mean they're okay. They're you know, there are a handful of times I laughed out loud, but not that many. Um, and she starts off with, with literally the hackiest <laughs> In the, I mean, the first thing out of her mouth is pretty hacky, and I don't think that was intentional. It's just, I, I don't, I don't know her work outside of that uh, special, but uh, it, 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 you know, in the first twenty minutes, I'm like, well, whatever. But man, that thing packs a punch. It was, that was powerful, and yeah. I, I did not, I wasn't expecting that, and I was like you know, starting to cry at the end. I mean, it was really, really, really uh, powerful. And I can, and I imagine being in the theater because, you know, any performance, uh, any stand-up you see on TV is like, it's okay. It's never going to, never going to be like what it is live in the moment. Right. Ever. You yeah. Know? Cause you would have gone but to see like was... Paula Poundstone and all of a sudden you had an hour long <laughs> Ted talk that make you, made you squirm. You know, it, it had to be a weird dynamic because you couldn't not agree with well, the things but, she was saying. But uh, oh the, god, no! The, yeah, the, but it wasn't like but, uh, what I resent is the idea that people are saying this is what comedy has to be now, and they're making this you know counter argument. Well, garbage. That is garbage. And I and I read a couple articles that uh, uh, you know say this is the future of comedy or this should be, and that's just thoughtless, uh, silly. It's silly and it's thoughtless. It fuels yeah, those meaning, the, the, the hate, the trolls, really though. You know, it fuels the trolls, and that's the thing that pisses me off when, they, you know, someone's like, oh, typical soy boy humor, uh, like, proliferating, you know, and I know that's right. not where comedy's going. She said some really important things, and uh, she was a comedian and says, I'm done doing comedy because I don't want to make jokes about this very these very important topics, and here's how here's a perspective that you probably haven't considered. So those are all important things, but there's no way that's the future of comedy. No, and God, and it shouldn't be, you know, and what, what kind of uh, awful dystopian world would we be living <laughs> it in? It would be bad. But here's the thing. Here's what I would, here's what I'd say about the, the special. Um, if it had not been, and I think she's very clever about what she did and how she constructed it, and I can see the writing in it, I can see the art and the craft in there, but if she had not called it a comedy special, I don't think we'd be having this discussion. I don't think we'd be necessarily talking about it. Um, so I see, I, I, I see the value of what she did and why she did it. Again, I don't think it's that funny. That's, of course, subjective. I just didn't find her jokes really I, I didn't find her to be that funny but the show itself and again 20 minutes into it i'm like this sucks what is this <laughs> right like, holy by the time it wraps up you're like i mean it's a gut punch you know you had spoon uh, oh, i'm sorry i thought you were finished with the thought i'm not finished <laughs> that's a bad habit i tend to uh like I should finish at this point, but I keep rambling. So you're right to, to stop. The editor in me thought we we were uh, we were done with that, but I just because I know you're limited on time, and I did want to ask you something. You had the band Spoon rework one of their tunes for your uh, your comedy special, mm -hmm. uh, which yes. was very cool, uh, very funny. And uh, I'm wondering if you're planning on doing that in Pittsburgh because there are a number of rock luminaries here that you could tap into: uh, Donnie Iris and the Cruisers, Joe Grishecki. Uh, the band, the Clarks, they'd all be willing to do David Cross intro songs for you, I'm sure. 
they uh, they I got in touch with all of them. They're doing like a super group thing. Oh, cool. Um, if I can get some of them, I have to get out of bed um, and get down there. But uh, <laughs> um, uh, I've got their IV drips all changed, and it's all going to be good. Yeah. Well, that'll be great. It's uh, this coming Tuesday night, uh, July thirty first, at the Carnegie of Homestead Music Hall. Have you been there before? I, I was. I, I really had a, a really fun show there last, uh, whatever it was, two years ago, two and a half years ago. I can't remember when, but um, uh, the last tour, yeah, I, uh, that was, uh, um, there are a handful, you know, I did a ton of shows on the last tour, and there are, um, I'd say, 20, 25% really stand out, places I'd never been before that I was like, oh, I want to go back there. And that was one of them. That was a really fun show. I remember liking it a lot. Do you know the story behind those? Uh, last... Do you know the story behind those libraries, the Carnegie libraries? Nope. He, uh, Andrew Carnegie, at the end of his life, after having made uh, you know billions in the steel industry and uh, uh, getting to the point where he he knew death was imminent, he had this revelation that he'd been doing it all wrong and he needed to now give back and so as a sorry i had the pinkertons shoot your grandfather <laughs> yeah. he put up a bunch of, <laughs> of libraries for us which was nice well that i guess i guess it all it all evens out in the end huh? yeah that's right <laughs> i apologize for wounding your striking grandfather but here's a nice uh, here's a nice music hall yeah. and some books yeah, here's a Judy Bloom book for you to feel better about. <laughs> David Cross, this is a can't-miss show on Tuesday night, and get your tickets at the Carnegie Homestead Music Hall box office. Hey, man, thanks for spending so much time for with us this morning and uh, looking forward to the show on Tuesday. Oh, thank you, man. Looking okay. forward to it as well. Take care. Right. David Cross, DVE. <laughs> DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit is live at Steelers Training Camp, St. Vincent College in Latrobe, and AB arriving in style, and uh, Vince Williams doing the WWE thing with the Stone Cold Steve Austin entrance. Mike uh, broadcasting from his dorm rooms there at St. Vincent College in Latrobe. What's up, Mike? Uh, This much I know one day into Steelers Training Camp 2018, when uh, you show up dressed like Steve Austin and somebody else shows up in a helicopter. Nobody really pays much attention to Steve Austin. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. He had to be like, damn it. I think uh, A.B. should have at least, you know, given his teammates a heads up. Hey, guys, I'm doing this helicopter thing, so whatever you had planned, shelve it till next year. You might want to show up a day early or something. Yeah, this isn't going to reflect well on you because all the attention is going to be on me. And oftentimes that's the way Antonio Brown likes it, right? Sports this hour is brought to you by... BobbyRayHall.com. Antonio Brown has never been one to shy from the spotlight, with one notable exception. That occurred this spring when he was not a regular participant in OTAs, and then we showed when he showed up, we asked him why that was the case, and uh, he had a semi-meltdown and uh, acknowledged in a rather uh, emotional fashion that he was really feeling the pressure. Again, you guys write the stories, you know, I got to wake up to the Google alerts, you guys, you know, constantly under the pressure. I can't go nowhere and work out by myself. Fans come meet me at the field, you know, I can't do nothing normal. You know, you guys write about me every day, my mom, my kids see it. So we have to deal with these type of things, you know, Uh, and I started to think to myself, am I really free? You know, I can't really express myself in this game. I can't really tell you guys how I feel. You guys make the pressure to put pressure on me all the time. Am I really free? I'm still under pressure. You know, you guys in my face asking me about not showing up to volunteer practice. You know, uh, that's the world we live in, though. 
Yeah, he was not in a good place uh, back during OTAs. But uh, yesterday, as that little speck on the horizon came into focus and, and the helicopter blades uh, invaded the environment uh, the way helicopter blades do and uh, the wind was flying and uh, the thing landed and everybody was taking pictures and surrounding Antonio Brown. He was once again the center of attention and he let us know from the middle of that storm that uh, he's better now. I'm fired up. I'm here early. I'm excited to be here. Ready to attack the condition test and uh, ready to hit the practice field and uh, build towards the year. Rejuvenated, uh, refocused, uh, ready to have fun playing the game. And uh, not uh, apparently concerned about Google alerts regarding the helicopter ride. <laughs> you guys ever been in a helicopter? Yeah. No. I did uh, Children's Hospital a couple years ago. So did I. That was fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah, we took a helicopter ride. It was crazy. It's a little... A little terrifying. Has very Willy Wonka esque. <laughs> How so? Well, you know, like at the end where they go, like the elevator just starts flying around all over the place. Kind of felt like that. Like there was no, because you're just looking down. You know what I mean? You're in this big bulb. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I got to do it at Children's, and uh, it, it's a unique perspective to be sure. And Antonio Brown, a unique guy, so maybe that was the uh, right marriage to kick kick things off in 2018. Not and, if you ask most Steeler fans on social media, Mike. Stop with the nonsense. Hot yeah. dog, win something before you go renting a helicopter. Yeah, I I get that, and uh, I, I don't know I, why I, it surprises anybody. It well, shouldn't. I think just because of the way things went last year and then the way things ended last year. You know, what's the old line from uh, Crash Davis? Uh, if you have fungus on your shower shoes in the big leagues, you're colorful. If you do it in Durham, you're a slob. Right. <laughs> it, it, if you win, you can do anything, and if you don't, nothing you do is going to be the right thing. Uh, Antonio Brown made it pretty clear yesterday uh, he is determined to do the right things this training camp and this season. Right now I'm here to just get in a great shape, uh, put my physical condition on display, uh, show that I'm still excited about playing the game, uh, show that I can still be a top player for our team and around the league. So my focus is no money. Uh, we don't do this for money. I do this to represent my name. You know, I got my family here, and uh, I'm ready to go to work today. You know, the, the contracts don't matter. Money don't matter. At this point, you know, from now on out, it's about being in great shape and uh, helping the team win. And uh, I'm here to provide up. Now, Le'Veon, Mel- Le'Veon Bell may uh, disagree. Uh, sometimes it is about contracts and money. It has been with him for the last couple right. of years. But Antonio Brown has his contract and has his money, and uh, now he intends to be a leader uh, by example, guys. Well, I'm here to put my condition on display to, to show uh, what I've been doing uh, and to show guys what hard work is about. You know, I'm, I'm out here to set an example, uh, set the tempo, set the tone, set the pace, and uh, I'm excited to be with my teammates in 2018. We got a young, hungry group, uh, a bunch of guys excited about opportunities, uh, a bunch of guys excited to uh, put their hand in the pile, and uh, this will be a good environment for everyone uh, to see everybody. Last year don't matter. You know, what we have here is the 2018 group. A bunch of hungry guys excited about the opportunity to earn our jerseys and to be with the 2018 Steelers. Yeah, Eli Rogers, uh, one of those guys. He was uh, added back to the roster yesterday. Rogers initially joined the Steelers as an undrafted rookie in 2016. Uh, 66 catches, uh, 743 yards, and four touchdowns in 27 games. 
from 2016 uh, through 2017. Uh, he caught 18 passes uh, a year ago, then suffered that ACL injury in the playoff game against Jacksonville. Did a few free agent visits. He's back. He is going to start training camp on the physically unable to perform list. But uh, I like this move. I think this guy can play. I think they have uh, certainly the slot receiver position is not overflowing with uh, established guys who, uh, you know what they can do. Ben Roethlisberger's always liked Eli Rogers when Rogers is on his details. If he can be, if he can be that a little more regularly, he might be more of a contributor. Uh, first practice is today. First practice in pads is Saturday. The Bucks got beat in Cleveland yesterday in the series finale against the Indians, four to nothing. But uh, if you're looking for silver linings, Jamison Tyone was pretty good. Uh, he wasn't as good as Trevor Bauer, but uh, Tyone gave the Pirates a chance to win that game, allowing just two runs over his seven innings. Uh, the Bucks had a depleted lineup. No Corey Dickerson, no Starling Marte after his first at-bat. No uh, Elias Diaz. Uh, they'll take uh, a shot at getting another winning streak started tonight. It's the first of four against the New York Mets. Steven Matz against Nick Kingham. Pirates have four with the Mets. Then they've got a day off. Then a couple with the Cubs and three with the Cardinals in between uh, the Mets series and uh, the back two on the homestand is the trade deadline. Buy, sell, or stay put? They're going to stay put, I think. They're going to pick up some inevitably inconsequential player. Yeah, I think think they will make an addition or two, but they won't be uh, necessarily attention-getting. Not because they they think they can make a run, because if they sell off anything more, then there will be crickets at PNC Park this year and next year. Yeah, and if you pick up a guy, although they've had some success, you know, we weren't uh, forming a line to buy World Series tickets when they initially got Jay Happ. It's true. And uh, he turned out to be the right guy in the right place at the right time. Then he turned out to be a guy who got paid somewhere else. And uh, might get paid somewhere else still before uh, the end of the week. Bring him back. Yeah, I was thinking that. Like, I heard the Yankees were in the running. I'm like, why aren't the Pirates in the running? Oh, that's right. They're the Pirates. All right, Mike, uh, more from him next hour. And Val has uh, news coming up top of 9 o'clock. What's up? Yeah, will your cat's litter make you successful? We'll talk about it. Partly sunny. Chance of rain, mid-80s today. It's 68 at DVE. Tim Gaber from Pittsburgh Winery. We'll talk about this weekend's Vine Rewind music festival going on in the Strip District. One of the great bands on that lineup, Buffalo Rose, performing live for you in the coffee house. And when we come back, our friend Jane Glick from Big Brothers Big Sisters talks about their latest uh, mission, and uh, they need your help. And a great organization, uh, Big Brothers and Big Sisters in Pittsburgh. Uh, Jan will join us after the commercial break here on DVE. It's the DVE Morning Show. You know, uh, our friend Jan Glick from Big Brothers Big Sisters is here this morning. Hi, Jan. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, listen to how nice and loud you are. Yes. <laughs> this year you don't have to tell me. Projecting your voice and sounding perfect. Um, we were just talking off the air about a need that you guys have within Big Brothers Big Sisters Pittsburgh and this should be easily attainable it needs to be explained to people what being a big brother entails and you guys currently are in need of big brothers correct big brothers will never turn away big sisters but we're I'm going to use the word desperately in need of big brothers. Okay, desperately in need. Yeah, so that's a strong word, right? For you, yeah, because yeah. you're not an alarmist. No, I'm not an alarmist. So when you say desperate, I feel like 
it's even worse than I imagined. Yes, we have. We need about probably 120 now volunteers for the fall, and I would say probably we would need 90 men and the rest women. Okay, so here, you know, and I've been talking to you for years about this. Yes. My big concern, it, I'm involved in a lot of things, but it's easy for me to be involved in things that don't, that, you know, come up monthly, uh, or, you know, I only have to do uh, three events a year. I'm worried that um, I, I would f- fail a kid. That's my big fear is that I, I would sign up and then be like, oh, this is overwhelming. It's too much. But what you were just telling me doesn't sound like right. it would be so too much. We have options for whatever. Truthfully, it's it almost sounds like pick, you know, pick the best one. But it's really true. We have three different core programs. And for people like you who have really difficult schedules, early morning, late night, um, we have a program called Be a Middle School Mentor. Uh, It's in a partnership with United Way. And that program, you go to a school either during the day or after school, and you work with our coordinator and a sixth or seventh grade student. And the idea is to hopefully stay with that student through middle school. Uh, it's about an hour a week, and uh, it's, like I said, during the day, or it can be after school, once a week, and that's, I think, an easy thing to do if you have a little bit of a flexible schedule mm-hmm. and can leave your work. And then we have a, a program at Brashear High School called Mentor 2.0, and that's actually a combination of face-to-face and online communication. And the face-to-face actually is once a month where you meet at the school for two hours in the evening. We provide a scrumptious dinner. Oh, wow. And uh, if that doesn't <laughs> entice you, I don't know what will. And um, and then you have this online communication that's on a platform, a very safe platform. Oh, so it's like it's not like, oh, you guys become Facebook friends. It's like through Big Brothers, oh, no, Big Sisters. It's yeah. very secure. Yeah. And if you have the time, you can also go on Fridays for a power lunch with a student. So... What kind of need is there from the student, from from these kids? Like, what are they looking for? I know just like uh, companionship is one thing, but I'm I'm not a trained therapist. I don't know how to engage kids who might be in situations that I can't comprehend. I think sometimes that's a stumbling block for people who are considering this. Like, oh boy, it might be too heavy. But in a lot of cases... Well, that's why we have our staff, and and they're there to support for any crises or serious situations or any concerns that Mm -hmm. you have. But the idea, truthfully, it's not about rescue. It's not about being like Disney Daddy or replacing a parent. It's really about helping students make choices, good choices, um, helping them realize that there are options out there for them. Some of these kids uh, don't know people who have held down jobs or what all of the options look at for example at a radio station it's not just being on the air how many people help make this happen and so just the education um, the friendship my son-in-law does it and he's got two little kids and he um, just graduated his little just graduated uh, in May that's awesome and has a plan he's going to um, trade school and it's great. My big brother, person like real big brother, older brother Charlie, has been involved with Big Brothers, um, yeah. and, and his little is now like a part of his family. 
and what? that's what happens. At, they attend weddings. They he's yeah, know, he's grown up. He's got a family of his own now. It's yeah special occasions. They can when it works. It really does work. Okay, so for the guys listening right now, because that's yes. where the great need is. Yes. How do they get involved? And how, by the way, how old do you have to be? Because we have a lot of younger listeners, right? I who know might you do. be able to be, you know, have an even more flexible schedule than somebody with a family who who could be pretty impactful. How old do you need you to be? You need to be twenty one. Twenty one. Okay. You there you need go. To have a car. Okay. Uh, we just had a policeman. We have a new program called Bigs and Blue, and we just had a policeman go through the training, and he said sometimes it's more difficult to become uh, big than than it is to be a policeman, but. Obviously, safety is our primary concern. Mm-hmm. Clearances, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, once you, you can't get have a the record, process, probably right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So, you know, someone coming to look for drug mules. Right. right. No, that wouldn't be a good thing. That yeah, that's not, not what you want. No. Uh, all right. So if you don't have a record and you do have a license, I would think that compromises. I don't know. What do you say? Forty-five percent of our audience, Val. Yeah, sure. Yeah, at least. Yeah. That's about right. You would be perfect for this. That you would be perfect for this. Jan, and how truthfully, pe- you would make a difference uh, uh, forever in a child's life. How do people get involved? Uh, call the office, 412-363-6100. Go to the website, uh, bbbspgh.org. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty easy. BBBS. PGH. PGH.org. Big yes. Brothers, Big Sisters, Jan Glick uh, this morning. Guys, we need you. We need help. Thank Sign you. up to be a big. All right. Continued success to you. Thank you very much. Sure thing. Appreciate it. Val's got news next. What do you got? We're going to talk about how cat litter, what's in your cat litter, might make you successful. Mm. Okay. What are you signaling uh, for over there? Nothing? Everything okay? All right. <laughs> Joe, Joe was making some hand-waving motions. I wanted to make sure we were all right. Uh, next hour, sure thing, Jan. Next hour, Tim Gaber is going to be joining us from the Pittsburgh Winery. Look at her. She's just leaving. Just Bye. You won't even wait till I wrap up the segment. <laughs> God, so rude. Tim Gaber from the Pittsburgh Winery uh, is going to talk about Vine Rewind, a great music festival this weekend, and one of the bands uh, on that lineup, Buffalo Rose, performing live for you in the coffee house. That's next on DVD. Can you smoke e-cigarettes in the bathrooms on planes without an alarm going off? Apparently not. That's what he was doing. He was in the bathroom or in no, the no, seat? No. Well, but he was using an e-cigarette. In a seat or in the bathroom? In a seat. So what if you went to the bathroom and hit the vape asking for a friend? <laughs> and he just stuck it in the toilet and blew it out? Yeah, I, I don't know. Flushed it real quick? Yeah, I don't if know. you flush the toilet and blew the smoke down at the same time, that air pocket. Sucks By it the out. way, every time you flush a toilet in an airplane, don't you worry that your eardrums are going to get sucked right out of your <laughs> I've never head? thought that in my the life. The pressure release is so <laughs> severe. I have never thought that. I plug my ears when I... <laughs> <laughs> Flush the toilet in the bathroom. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. I can't believe that never happens to you. Never <laughs> occurred to me. <laughs> never has happened. <laughs> that sound it makes? Oh, my God. All right, what do you got? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that did scare me a little bit. That sounded... I wasn't expecting it. Brutal. 
It's 70 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by CCAC. A man charged in the death of a New Kensington police officer is intending to marry a key witness in the case. Rockmail Holt is charged with shooting and killing Officer Brian Shaw during a November traffic stop. Investigators claim Holt's girlfriend, Vanessa Portis, drove him around as he remained on the run following that shooting. Prosecutors want to prevent the wedding, saying it could interfere with the case. How... Wait, she's not being charged? Uh, that I don't know. How can she I, not I would, be complicit? I would assume. But I don't know. If you're married, That pre- does that prevent you from oh, testifying against yeah. each other? I don't know. The, the, uh, there's no way they can let that happen. In much lighter news, several new residents of the Pittsburgh Zoo and PPG Aquarium will make their public debut today. Zoo officials say six newborn North American beavers will be introduced after being named by employees of Busy Beaver. The, yeah. the, the company, the Lumber Center. Uh, the busy uh, baby beavers known as Kits were recently born to Mother Alice and Father Patch. So uh, to see them today. Sounds like they were busy. What? <laughs> what's the name of the kits? They they're gonna reveal the names today. No, but they're called kits. Oh ba- yeah, baby beavers. Baby are kits? beavers are kits. Okay. Republican House Speaker Paul Ryan is calling for a return to more civil discourse. <laughs> the Wisconsin Republican <laughs> will retire from Congress when his current term ends. In a Capitol speech yesterday, Ryan expressed regrets about the increasingly angry partisan divide in the U.S. He noted that more Americans are connected in the digital age than ever before, but at the same time, many people, he says, feel more disconnected. He argued it's time to rediscover the nation's common humanity to restore civil discourse. Yes, I engineered a historic tax cut for the top 0.10%. But hey, let's be nice about it. (laughs) Yes, I gave billions and billions of dollars to rich people and screwed the poor. But God... Can we be kind? (laughs) The road to success might run through a cat's litter box. A new study reports a parasite found in cat poop might make people less afraid. Parasite infects about 2 billion people worldwide. Researchers at the University of Colorado tested to see if the parasite makes people less afraid of risk. For example, in business, scientists found that at entrepreneurial events, people who carried the parasite were almost twice as likely to have started their own businesses. And college students who contracted the parasite were nearly one and a half times more likely to major in business. Ah, Kids with lemonade stands have kittens at home. Somebody had a funny tweet about this saying uh, eating cat poop is the best explanation for Elon Musk's success. (laughs) (laughs) A head full of cat poop explains it perfectly. And speaking of cats, contrary to what you might think, cats and dogs can live together in the same house as long as a cat runs the show. Yeah, there's Uh, nothing funnier than a cat beating up a dog. A new study found it doesn't necessarily have to be war in the house if you've got one of each. They can coexist as long as one thing is true. The cat has to be the alpha. As long as the cat feels like it's in charge and it's safe, total peace in the house. But if it doesn't feel safe and in charge, it's going to make your dog's life and your life a living hell. Well, stuff will just break because they jump all over the house and the dog's (laughs) chasing them. It is funny to see the look on a dog's face when he's getting beat up by a cat. He's like, I can totally eat you right now. Would you please stop? Getting a paw to the snout. Just boom, 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 boom. 
Uh, the people around pop star Demi Lovato say they tried to stage an intervention a few weeks ago before she ended up suffering an overdose on Tuesday. TMZ reports the crew thought she needed help, but Lovato just blew them all off. The 25-year-old was rushed to a Los Angeles hospital after she was found unconscious in her Hollywood Hills home. She's only 25? Mm-hmm. Man, she's had a rough go. Yep. Chris Hardwick returning to AMC after being cleared of sexual assault allegations. The network investigated claims of sexual and emotional abuse made by Hardwick's ex-girlfriend, actress Chloe Dykstra, last month. He was reinstated by AMC yesterday. He'll resume his hosting duties on Talking Dead with Chris Hardwick. And AMC said in a statement yesterday, bringing him back is the appropriate step. And it's official. Bill Cosby, once America's favorite dad, has been deemed a sexually violent predator. A Pennsylvania state board made the determination on Wednesday after a psychologist met, questioned, and evaluated the convicted comedian. Cosby will be required to undergo counseling and register as a sex offender for the rest of whatever is left of his life. It also could affect his sentencing in September. He faces up to 30 years in prison for sexually assaulting Andrea Constand. The 81-year-old was convicted in April. And finally, uh, rock legend Mick Jagger turning 75 today. Yep. Stone's still going strong. They just wrapped a 10-month European tour earlier this month. Here's Mick talking about dancing around on stage in his 70s. Well, you know, I don't do the same shows I did when I was 25. I don't do the same moves I don't do, you know, but I do what I feel is appropriate, you know, what I want to do, you know. I, I just find it very difficult to stand still singing, <laughs> I think. It's just like, it's what, you know. But, I mean, I don't want to do anything that like, looks too ridiculous. I mean, I look at the video and go, okay, you shouldn't do that one, or don't try that one, or, yeah, do that one. You know, you can do things. I mean, it's like, I don't think there's any reason that you can't go on stage and sing and i don't think there's any reason that you know you can't dance a bit still rocking 75 yeah he's a great grandfather he is a really good one. <laughs> oh, you mean <laughs> wow you realize he was that old yes well i mean he's old enough to have great grandchildren god bless him let's play some mick All right. from exile on main street Mick Dune, let it loose. This is Mick at his best. Love it. DVE. Move that woman on. on. I'll dress up to do your harm.
Exile on Main Street. That's from the 2010 remastered Exile and uh, is featured in one of my favorite Scorsese scenes from The Departed when Jack Nicholson's breaking the cast off of uh, DiCaprio's arm trying to see if he's a cop. (laughs) Are you working for the... He's beating him up and that tune is blaring (laughs) in the background. Uh, Tim Gaber joining us right now from the Pittsburgh Winery, and uh, he is the uh, curator of Vine Rewind. What's up, man? Uh, what's happening? Great How to are see you? you? I'm doing great. I got to see you briefly uh, during the Deutschtown Music Festival where you were working uh, overtime to provide uh, services at uh, different establishments. Yeah, <clears throat> that was a lot of fun. Yeah, but your uh, Vine Rewind Festival is now the, th- is this the third year? Third year, yeah. Okay, and it's uh, it's really grown. It has. It has. We uh, got a pretty great lineup in there this year. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to mention was one of the food providers you have for that is the Blowfish Barbecue mm. people. And uh, we just had Jan Glick in here from Big Brothers Big Sisters, and she said he 
provided all of this barbecue for a bunch of their kids for like nothing. Yeah. And it was such a big hit. And she's like, he's the greatest guy. And, you know, she wanted to say thanks to him. So, Hootie's the man. Yeah. So you have all these food providers. You got a stage on the street? Two stages. Okay, yeah, we so, set one right up on the street in front of Clavon's ice cream, and then we set another one up in the Penn Fixtures parking lot so we can go back and forth. Okay, cool. So it's constant music. All right, now, is it Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or just Saturday, Sunday? Just Saturday, Sunday. Okay, so what? T- tell me about the lineup, man. So Who's yeah, all playing? We started at 3 o'clock on Saturday. Um, we you know, got a pretty diverse lineup you know, between rock, blues, soul, funk, reggae. We try to get a cross-section of what the Pittsburgh music scene has to offer. Right. And... Um, the concept of it, the, the Vine Rewind part, is that we get bands from the you know the scene today. And there's right. so many to choose from. Uh-huh. And then we try to get a few bands to do um, some reunions from back in the next Nick's Fat City days. Right. When I was That's when you were involved. cutting your teeth back That's in the right. day, man. Yeah, so, you know. God, love- I first met Tim, like, dude, we were kids. Right? Long time ago. Me too. You yeah. were... Maybe in Brownie Mary then? We did yeah, Brownie Mary in the early nineties, yeah, mid nineties. Way, way back. And so you and then of course Buzz Poets and you know, you, you were a big part of the scene back then. So you make a concerted effort to sort of have a, a reunion of the of those people, which is yeah, great. It's cool. I twist a few arms because, you know, I love those bands. It was a great time in, in, in Pittsburgh. Um so yeah, this year we got New Invisible Joy to do it again. Nice. And they're awesome. I love those yeah. guys. Uh, we got Grapevine to do it. We got Byron Nash's band, Sporadic. Oh, so cool. come back and do a reunion. Cool. Grapevine is great, too. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. And uh, you have a lot of contemporary bands playing as well. One of them we're going to hear in uh, in a few minutes here. Buffalo Rose is upstairs. But you got the Buckle Downs playing on yeah. Sunday. Uh, you got... Um, oh, look at this. Who you got Sunday night? I didn't see that. Didn't you, did you sneak that in? The Clarks? Yeah. Yeah, they're closing it out on Sunday night. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, Known those guys forever. Starship Mantis is going to be playing? Huh. When are they playing? They're playing um, Saturday. Saturday afternoon, evening. So for anybody who hasn't seen them yet, oh, dude, you got to go see Starship Mantis. They're like... They crush. Jocko and P Funk yep. and like performance art, just everything about them is is so fun. You can't stop watching them. I know because they're, they're all virtuosos, man. They're right. really good. Uh, Jimbo's playing. Jimbo's on. We're doing a songwriter thing. We're kicking Sunday off with a songwriter circle at noon. So we got Jimbo, uh, Anthony Jardine, Morgan Arena, Paul Luke, Angela Autumn. And they're gonna do the rounds. Cool for two hours. Right on. That'd be a good way to start off the Sunday. All right. So what? Some reggae and nice. What time does it start on Saturday? Saturday it starts at three. Okay. Sunday at noon. Good deal. And there will be all kinds of different accoutrement, including your product available for sale. Right. Yeah. All all the wines. We got uh, Tony made some sangria. That's really he's he's outdone himself with. Nice. Uh, And then we have all the straw beer. There's they're sponsoring us, and they have. Uh, some they have an incredible lineup of beer. They got some good craft beers that we're gonna have in the beer garden. Um, and yeah, I find myself drinking beer a lot more lately now that uh, they've partnered with us. Yeah, well, I was gonna say the weather is supposed to be great this weekend too. Like fingers up, crossed. Like seventy nine, eighty, sunny, low humidity. Yep. You know, uh, Saturday afternoon too. Lindsey Smith and the Soul Distribution are playing. Lindsey. 
I mean, she brings it. That is one hell of a show, and our friends and good brother Earl playing after that, and that's yeah. uh, that's cool. You got them back up on the stage. Yeah. I haven't seen them in a while. Yeah, they're cool. So they'll play right before. Boy, that's a great. Lead. You got Lindsay Smith, Good Brother Earl, and Starship Manus, and then Meeting of Important People. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Um, food. Now, if I'm down there, I want to eat. I know you right. got a lot of food. Blow, well, Blowfish bar- Barbecue, as you mentioned, his he, he's my favorite food truck in the, in the entire city. His yeah. food is so incredible. Edgar's Taco. Uh, um, you, yeah. You, yeah, down from down in the Strip. Yeah, their, the, their stuff's really great. BRGR, really good. Backwoods Barbecue. Um, it's going to be a lot of good stuff. And then we've got a we got a last-minute pizza oven. I can't remember their name, but we have, we'll have a pizza as well. <laughs> last-minute pizza. Yeah. There you go. Um, all right. Upstairs right now, one of the bands playing. Uh, this weekend. When is Buffalo Rose going to be performing? They are Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon. All right. They're upstairs right now in the coffee house getting ready to uh, perform for you once again. Uh, Lucy, Shane, Bryce, Malcolm, Jason, and Mariko. How you guys doing? Good. Good. Good morning. You guys have been killing it lately. <laughs> oh, shucks. Was it Deutschtown that I saw the pit? I didn't get to see you guys, and I saw pictures of it, and I was like, oh, my God, there's a million people there. <laughs> Yeah, it was perfect. The sun came out just for us. Perfect. What do you guys have for us right now? Uh, this is a new song called I Feel So Good. Here they are performing live in the coffee house. You can see them this weekend at Vine Rewind, but in the coffee house for you now on the Point Park University stage. It is Buffalo Rose on DVE.
Buffalo Rose. That was awesome. Oh, thank you. All right. Do you guys have another one in you? Can you hang out? Or are you only like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. We could do another All one. All right. Cool. We'll hang out. We'll come back to you in uh, just a few minutes. <laughs> and uh, Tim Gaber from Pittsburgh Winery with us for Vine Rewind this weekend. Two full days of music. Sunday night, some uh, some big names there. That Clark's headlining spot. That's right. The uh, Mulligan Brothers opening up. Right. They're on right before the Clarks. They're, they're incredible. Not, oh, yeah. Not, I shouldn't say opening yeah. up. Uh, but holy cow. I've seen them at the Rex before. I didn't realize it was the same band. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're ridiculous. They're great. Yeah. They're one of the bands Tim Wolfson brings in from Music Night on Jupiter. Yes. And they've played at the winery a bunch of times. Always an incredible performance. So yeah. We decided to bring them on. Good deal. Who else do you have? Uh, the only other national act that we brought on this year, which was the first time we did this, but Divinity Rocks is also playing, and she happens to be Beyonce's bass player and musical director, and she is an absolute beast on mm. the bass. That's killer. Yeah. That's really cool. She's great. It's real funky And when's she playing? She's playing uh, on Sunday afternoon as well. All right, good deal. So all weekend long, down in the Strip District, and again, the the stage locations? Uh, Right on the 2800 block of Penn. One's right out in front of a Cloan's ice cream. One's right in the parking lot next to Penn Fixture. And they just, we just switch back and forth. So it's, you know, music constantly. Okay. And there's uh, tickets. Uh, no, it's a free event. It's free all event. ages. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Pittsburgh is free. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. All right. So this is an all ages free event going on in the Strip District right. all weekend long. All it's right. our picnic. Penn hey. Avenue picnic. And the uh, website to go to is vinerewindpgh.com. That's where all the lineup is. Yeah. Tim Gaber from Pittsburgh Winery. Nicely done, man. Great to see you guys. I love you. Always good to see you, brother. All right, quick break. We'll come back. Mike Pursuit, live from Steelers Training Camp in Latrobe. One more from Buffalo Rose before we get out of here, DVE. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports live from Steelers Training Camp, St. Vincent College in Latrobe. And Mike, uh, safe to assume that nobody else arrived via air carrier of any sort out at uh, St. Vincent College yesterday, correct? Uh, Correct. The the helicopter was uh, well above the previous bar which i guess had been established by james harrison's fire truck a year ago right i don't know i mean kiesel on the front loader you know yeah. front loader versus a fire truck with the uh, siren wailing i'm gonna i'm gonna go fire truck but uh <laughs> helicopter trumps them all sports this hour brought to you by barstool sports rough and rowdy brawl august the 5th uh, antonio brown made the biggest splash yesterday here at st vincent college landing on a field uh high atop campus in a helicopter but it was Marquise Pouncey who had the most to say and the most significant observations of reporting day things have kind of de-evolved from years ago a lot of the guys uh, report around the window they let the the media hang around the back of Rooney Hall from one to three o'clock and uh, if you didn't want to talk to the media you just arrived at a different time uh, some guys also uh, blew off interviews, Juju Smith-Schuster and Vince Williams. Among them, Vince Williams later tweeting last night that 
uh, he was going to tweet less and do fewer interviews this year because he thought the Steelers talked too much last year. Uh, respect that uh, emotion out of Vince Williams. Not that it necessarily makes our jobs any easier, but hey, they're not here to make our jobs easier. They're here to win the Super Bowl. Mar- Marquise Pouncey, however, was front and center. And, of course, the conversation quickly got around to discussing James Harrison and what he had to say about the Steelers and Mike Tomlin a couple of weeks ago. Yesterday, it was Pouncey's turn to respond. Coach Tomlin's the best, man. You guys see, he has a Super Bowl, man. He runs the team the right way. He's with the best organization. And, you know, after you retire, everyone has a lot to say. Yeah, a little shot there, James Harrison from Pouncey, who was uh, very critical uh, of Harrison last year when he conduct unbecoming his way off the Steelers and landed in New England with the Patriots. One of Harrison's uh, comparisons uh, referenced Bill Belichick as a guy who treats everybody the same. Pouncey wasn't buying that. Uh, the world treats everybody differently. I think everyone is treated differently, but everyone's not. You know, everyone should be treated equally. But in positions on the team, uh, you think Ben should be treated like Josh Dobbs? There's no way. He's got a point, doesn't he? Yes. Uh, as, as far as discipline is concerned, Harrison said that uh, uh, Mike Tomlin's doing just fine in that regard as well. Nah, heck no, nah, man. Coach does it the right way. I mean, he's not, he never makes it an issue. If a guy comes late, it is what it is. I mean, it's not going to stop practice. It's not going to stop working. We, we need that guy to perform anyways. And I guess the uh, comparison there, we still don't know uh, what compelled Bill Belichick to not play Malcolm Butler more than one play in the Super Bowl against the Eagles. Uh, if that was a discipline thing, he helped lose himself a Super Bowl to maintain discipline. Is that uh, what people want? I mean, Mike, it's one of those things. If you win, none of that matters. Yep, you got it, Randall. <laughs> the the winners write the history, and uh, the losers have to accept it. Uh, as for what's going to happen this year, uh, Marquise Pouncey thinks that uh, Tomlin's current team is in the right place at the right time and in the right frame of mind. I think everyone's motivated. I think everyone's going to come in. Le'Veon, even if we don't sign him back, he has to have a heck of a year for other teams to sign him. So I think everyone's on the right path. And uh, Le'Veon Bell, of course, not here again this year. Uh, second verse, same as the first as it relates to last year. Uh, Marquise Pouncey doesn't have a problem with that. Yeah, honestly, he came back. If he had the same year, it would be awesome, man. But at the same time, Gurley signed. Yeah, I wouldn't sign either. <laughs> I think he had a heck of a year last year. He came in and still was the best back in the league. Maybe I'll text him and say I come a week earlier so we, get, we won't be as rusty as the beginning. Yeah, I'm sending him a text and be like, yo, maybe like four days earlier, get a couple practices. Just four days. That's all. Yeah. You know, that might be a way to go, right? Practice in advance of the last preseason game, and then nobody of note plays in that anyway. And then maybe hit the ground running uh, with a little more up-to-speed uh, momentum. Mike, who do they have week one? At Green Bay. Or no, at Philadelphia. Oh, man. Well, you're going to go rusty pre- against the defending champs. Oh, you're talking regular season? Regular season. Uh, at Cleveland. Okay, so it's Cle- uh, Cleveland again. All right. Uh, Baker Mayfield's not going to get the starting job up there, right? Probably going to be Tyrod. Uh, I, I would assume. But I, I, then again, assuming anything it is Cleveland, is, yeah. Uh, is sometimes not the way to go. Uh, they should be better. That should still be doable in a less than Super Bowl ready state for this Steelers team. Uh, I think all the division games are going to be like that, and that's uh, that's one thing they got going for them this year. I don't think their division's going to be very good, and I think the path to the playoffs is pretty clear. Now, what what they'll be able to do when they get there 
remains to be seen. Bucks and Mets tonight at PNC Park. Pirates 4 nothing losers in Chicago yesterday afternoon. Jamison Tyone only gave up two runs through seven innings, but Trevor Bauer a little bit better than Tyone, who still gave the Bucks a chance to win. Uh, Steven Matz against Nick Kingham tonight, the first of four against the Mets. Kingham making his 11th big league start, uh, and he's had it going on lately. He's won uh, each of his last three, and he's 3-1 and one with a 2.90 ERA and five starts at PNC Park, Randy. I just like how this has made it more difficult for them, or at least made it look <laughs> look bad if they try to do anything to dismantle this squad right now. And uh, assuming they don't, once we get on the other side of the trade deadline next week, then maybe uh, it's time to start uh, diving into a pennant race or a wild card. Race. Real talk, though, Mike. Do you believe in the Buckos? Does this winning streak make you believe they could con- contend? Uh, it has. All right. It has. And, mm-hmm. and part of that is I'm not blown away by any of the other teams, the Cubs included. Now, the, the deck is going to reshuffle and uh, – while we talk about the Pirates, well, at least if they don't do anything, if they just ride it out with what they have, that would be better than dismantling. But uh, a lot of people are going to make moves, as they always do. And, uh, you know, keeping up with the Joneses a little bit wouldn't be a bad idea either. No, it would not. Mike Pursuta, live from Steelers Training Camp. We'll talk with you tomorrow, man. Thanks. Thanks, guys. One more coming up from Buffalo Rose, Vine Rewind Music Festival, all weekend long in the Strip District, Saturday and Sundays. Uh, lineups at VineRewindPGH.com if you want to check it out. And uh, once again, Buffalo Rose playing at 3 o'clock Sunday on the main stage. We'll have one more when we come back. DVE. Buffalo Rose in the coffee house right now here on DVE. They're going to be performing at the Vine Rewind Festival in the Strip District on Sunday. You can catch them, I think, 3.15 on the main stage. What do you guys... Oh, 3.10. What do you guys got for us uh, this time? We got a song called The Journey. Here they are, Buffalo Rose. If you want to learn more about them, go to their website, www.buffalorosemusic.com. See them at, at uh, the Vine Rewind Festival Sunday. Listen to them now in the Permanis DVE Coffeehouse, Buffalo Rose on DVE.
Wow, that was awesome. Buffalo Rose! Sunday, Vibe Rewind. Make sure to check them out there. Well done, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, BuffaloRoseMusic.com. Go to VineRewindPGH.com to get the full lineup. Special thanks to those guys for coming in today. Also, thanks to Tim Gaber from the Pittsburgh Winery for being here in uh, anticipation of this weekend's big free music festival free. in the Strip District. Saturday and Sunday. Great Can't weather. Can't beat that. Uh, also, thanks to our friend Jan Glick from Big Brothers Big Sisters Pittsburgh. They are in need of uh, Big Brothers in a big way. So if you can't go to the uh, their website, which I believe is bbbspgh.org. And uh, also thanks to comedian David Cross for being on the show today. He'll be at the Carnegie Library in Homestead Tuesday night. Tickets available at their website for his stand-up show. Uh, and definitely go see him. He's a super funny dude. It was good talking with him today. He was a little, I think he was a little, like, tired, but... It didn't stop him from talking for a long, long time. <laughs> Tomorrow on the show, Shell Collier will be here reviewing the new Mission Impossible and Norlex Belma live in studio. They got the big show Saturday night at the Arcade Comedy Theater. Uh, and then Sean McGregor and his outfit, uh, the band, uh, in anticipation of their big Motown review, I think they got going on this weekend at the Oaks Theater. They'll be in the coffee house for you. So that should be rollicking, Val. Cool. Radiohead tonight. To- Are yeah. you going? No. Are you? Yes. Well, we get a review tomorrow morning, then. (sighs) (laughs) You don't sound excited. Dan Hopper, who is so funny, who's a Pittsburgh comedian who writes for, I mean, he writes for collegehumor.com. He's written for a lot of uh, uh, different comedy sites. He had a tweet the other day. It was perfect. And it was like a quote of him saying, Ah, F! And it was him, and then he described it as me realizing I had tickets for an event tonight that I bought several months earlier and was super excited at the time. Yeah. Which I was with the Radiohead tickets. I do that all the time. I was like, oh, dude, Radiohead's coming. That's going to be great. Oh, it's a Thursday night. That's awesome. And now it's here. I'm like, oh, I'm tired. I'd like to sleep. <laughs> Plus, Ween is tomorrow night. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to go and see them get all weird, and uh, it should be pretty cool. So I think that's a sold-out show. Cool. Well, Five o'clock deadline. Register be, to be like Mike. Be like Mike. You can be out at Steelers training camp and have all the amenities of a of a, a grizzly sports writer, plus tickets to the Steelers Titans game, a hundred dollar gift card for the pro shop. You get uh, fifty bucks for Sharkies. Uh, you get a hotel room, the whole deal. You can uh, hang out with us on the DVE morning show. You have seven more hours to get registered at dve.com. Yeah, we're putting you up overnight. So. Yeah, it's a big sleepover with the DVE morning show. Right. Who doesn't want to do that? Bring your jammies. Yeah, Michelle's up next. Electric lunch coming up at noon. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.